Bob, howdy, and welcome to Ernest Goes to Podcast, the podcast dedicated to traversing every wormhole in the multiverse of possibilities embodied by beloved American icon Ernest P. Worrell, as portrayed by the late, great, universally versatile Jim Varney. This is episode 23, the unmade Ernest movies. I'm your host, Aaron, and this is my lovely co-host, David. Hello, I'm a co-host, I'm named David, and I'm not unmade. No, we've both been made. Yep. And joining us for episode 23, the Unmade Ernest Movies, is our returning guest that we've had on the show before, Dan. Hey, everybody. Dan's back. I'm back. Because we like him. Yeah, Dan is a unique person because he's been on so many times and we don't need to ask him, like, what's your history with Ernest and all that. Should I download the Airhorn app? (laughs) 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 Well. So this is yet another high concept show. We are here to talk about the Ernest movies that never got made. So... A little background for anybody new to the podcast. This is a character analysis podcast where we examine the character of Ernest P. Worrell. We don't talk about whether or not his movies are good. And yet we do talk about our love for them. Yeah. I would say that's that's an important distinction to make. It's not about the quality of the films. It's about sharing a fondness for a character and a performer. Yeah, and analyzing it to a ludicrous degree. You've described this in the past, and I really like this phrasing, as the longest conversation anyone has ever had about Ernest P. Worrell. Yeah. And I I love that. So this is a continuation of that conversation. So if you haven't, check out our earlier episodes where we talk about all the movies and analyze Ernest throughout his career, because now we've gotten to the supplemental material, right? This is the additional reading of Ernest Goes to Podcast, where we've been through all the movies, we've analyzed every job Ernest has had in the film canon. We had a whole episode with Dan uh, devoted entirely to love interests for Ernest All the love interests. Oh yeah, that was a thing. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It was, that's one of my favorites. (laughs) So at this point, now it's time to talk about what didn't happen, the untapped potential of Ernest P. Worrell, things that actually were discussed and never happened, you know, all the potential earnest paths in yep. this multiverse. Yeah, and I mean, in our, you know, 130-hour earnest journey thus mm-hmm. far, we've we've had a lot of instances where we'll find articles yes. about certain films. And sometimes in those articles, there will be like a weird thing from Jim Varney or John Cherry that's like, yeah, we're working on the next thing. And it's like a film title that is completely absurd and never got made. But some of them got to certain stages of development yep. that it's like, what could have been? It, it, you, you think about all these possibilities of like, oh, I, I would have really been interested to see that Ernest film. Absolutely. So that's what we're going to talk about. I have scoured the internets and I have found all of the unmade Ernest film titles I possibly could. Professional internet explorer. If we missed any, I'm sure our listeners will let us know. Dan, do you have any inclination as to any titles of unmade Ernest movies? I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> I was brought in blind to this. Um, Perfect. I mean, I knew that it was going to be about unmade Ernest movies, but I didn't. I I think I was specifically asked not to look up any information and yep. strictly react to these ideas. Sure. Well, and this is different because usually we watch a movie and unload our brains. Exactly. In this case, there was nothing to watch. There's, there's these are potential. There's movies. research to be done, but now I think what we're going to do is kind of like watch the movie in the theater of our minds and yes. maybe break down what the plots could have been or what they could have explored in terms of Ernest and exactly. his whole psyche. You got it, Dan. Yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> Dan gets it. That's why he's here, man. What about me? You don't get it. <laughs> That's exactly the reaction I want. <laughs> I couldn't see my face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So I've got a five page outline here. Buckle up, gentlemen. Cool. 
This episode will be about, yes, all the potential Ernest movies that were brainstormed by the Ernest Brain Trust, because that's what they do. Lots of storming. Throughout the duration of the Ernest epoch. And we're also, uh, not to get too far ahead yet, but we're also going to pitch some ideas of our own exactly. for, for Ernest movies we would have loved to see. So we're going to jump right into it. I will say some of these titles or a couple of these were just jokes, like running jokes sure. among the Ernest Brain Trust. So we'll go through those first, you know, maybe see what's there. And then the others got as far as a treatment or a script in some right. cases. Yep. So the, the joke titles, I think that's actually a great place to start. And I'm already like thinking, oh, like Curse of Hitler's Brain. That's the first one on my list. Yep. <laughs> okay. So the first joke title, let's get into Unmade Ernest. Shoom, universe noises. Shoom. Ernest and the Curse of Hitler's Brain. I've heard you guys bring this one up a few times. <laughs> yep. And it. Does it show up in the movies or is it just outside? It does. So actually, this was something that Jim Barney would mention jokingly in interviews when they would ask him what could be next for Ernest. And he'd be like, Ernest and the curse of Hitler's brain or something like that. <laughs> this eventually made it into Ernest Goes to Africa as the title of an Illinois Smith movie. That's where I've heard it. Okay. Like Illinois Smith and the curse of Hitler's brain when the Nazis were hanging all over the truck and, and Illinois Smith was driving on two wheels and he had his Luger in his teeth. And I'm not 100% certain, but I know there are some background movie posters, fake movie posters in Diamond World Pictures in Saves Christmas. I don't know if Hitler's brain is one of them. I think what is in Diamond World Pictures, I mean, it might be there. I honestly, that was one thing I wanted to do that I didn't check. Yeah. But there also are joke titles on, yes, on the wall of Diamond World Pictures. Mm -hmm. I think this one did make it in. This is the next one. Ernest versus the space commies from hell. Yep, I remember that one okay. specifically. <laughs> so this one was mentioned multiple times in multiple interviews with Jim Barney that oh, I found. Word. He really likes this one. <laughs> <laughs> Ernest versus the space commies from hell. Uh, all I have in my notes is, are they from space or from hell? From both. They're space commies from so hell. So this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking they are communists who traversed the outer space. But they came. Died. Oh. And because of, you know, whatever negative oh, actions they took in their life, okay. we're, we're sent to hell in a, in a bogus journey sort of back? way. Um, you got to watch the movie to find All out. All right. Yeah. I thought they were from hell originally, then expatriated into space. Well, maybe it's like, uh, what's that mm. What's that movie where Nicolas Cage is a like a demon or something and escapes from hell to like save his daughter <laughs> or something? Goodness. Oh. Oh, the racing one. Yeah, Drive Angry, Drive shot angry. in 3D, oh, right, I think right. is the full title of that movie. So it would be Ernest versus the Space Commies from Hell shot in 3D. Uh, uh, we can only a, hope. Or a 4D experience. <laughs> <laughs> a Tomovision. <laughs> that sounds very... Ernesty. I think that's. Or it from, sounds very Ernest Brain Trust. I think that's uh, from Matinee from my beloved Joe Dante. It definitely could be a Doctor Otto movie. Sure, I'll say that. Sure. Um, well, and we've talked about this before. We talked about it in analogs. These are all very pulpy sounding exactly. titles. The Empire Strikes Back is what I always go back to, or yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's like very like mm -hmm. this sort of like the same inspiration, like schlocky, but in like a loving way is how I always like, describe it. It's very high concept in that you get the entire. Like, all of it is in that title. Nothing, there's sure. nothing yeah. else to get. <laughs> Which is the great thing about Ernest movie titles. Exactly right. Yeah. And in that sense, like, these are perfect Ernest titles because they are so immediately evocative, even if they are taken to the absurd extreme. Yeah, I'm sure he would have loved to do and that. As we're talking, we're definitely learning that I'm the one constantly making hand noises <laughs> as if we needed uh, more evidence of that. Oh, uh, the next one on my list is not a joke, but I felt we should address it. Ernest the Pirate. Okay. Which is not an Ernest movie. Yep. Um, but there might be people waiting for this, so we'll just talk about it now. 
Ernest the Pirate was actually never an Ernest movie. It was a movie that was developed by the Ernest Brain Trust as a vehicle for Jim Varney. Correct. But it was called Pirates of the Plain, and they actually did make it with Tim Curry in the lead role because uh, Jim Varney got sick. Right. Couldn't be the lead. Oh, see, that's what I thought. I always thought that was the... Yeah, okay. Well, I learned something today. Yeah, and you can you can go watch it. You can go watch Pirates I, I, of the Plane. I might do that. Developed for Jim Varney, but led by Tim Curry. Hey, Jim. You're a very young lad to be left all alone in a gentleman's country house. Not Jim. Bobby. Hi, Jim. Well, and we know from things like uh, Hey, Vern, It's Ernest that Jim Varney just oh, loved playing a pirate. Loved. What is it? Is it uh, Lost and Found? Where yes. the cold open of this episode of Ernest's television show is... <laughs> yeah. Apropos of nothing, Jim Varney as the, uh, what is it? The Treasure Island Pirate. Ha-ha, Jim. You know, Jim, I remember the day I lost me leg. Twas to a great white, Jim. And I remember the day I lost me hand in a raid on the Armada. And I remember the day when I learned not to scratch me eye with the wrong hand. Ha-ha-ha-ha. Yeah. And he's just walking towards camera in like a sepia toned film being like, <laughs> it's the past. Jim, I, I need to tell you about my treasure and I'm seeking it out or something like that. And he's just delighted to be in full pirate garb for no reason. At some point, Ernest also in Hey, Vernus Ernest wears pirate garb, but like a pirate hat on top of his Ernest hat. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, and <laughs> because Dr. Otto. And Dr. Otto, he also um, plays a pirate. He rises! I caught you now, you lurking garbage bag. Laughing Jack There's O'Cockney. There's many precedents for Jim Barney being a pirate. Sure. That was just going to be a full movie of it. But yes, you can always This could have been real fun. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Well, and so, as we said, there's no movie for us to watch on this episode, but I did do some research, mm-hmm. and I found a couple of articles because, again, there are always articles where they jokingly talk about movies, but some articles actually have real information, Ooh, <laughs> believe it or not. Imagine that. Uh, so one of the articles I found is an interview from a, a defunct website called knowtheartist.com. So I have that too. And this is a interview with Coke Sams, uh, one of the Ernest Brain Trust members from October 24th, 2011. And the, the interview is called, Hey Vern, it's Ernest collaborator Coke Sams, because of course it is. Mm-hmm. By the way, the interviewer is Josh Armstrong. A shout out because a lot of the information I have is from this interview Excellent. with Doug Sams. Great. So, yeah, know the artist, Josh Armstrong, interviewing Coke Sams. Uh, and I will just read this excerpt about Ernest the Pirate. So Mr. Armstrong asks, it's rumored that Jim Varney filmed Ernest the Pirate before his passing. Is there any truth to the rumor? And Coke Sams says, the film was not Ernest the Pirate. Jim was specifically not an Ernest character in it because he ultimately wanted to have more range. He did not want to be stuck in the ball cap and vest. He was certainly capable of more range. We were always looking for other projects to do with him. Mm. I think Pirates of the Plane was really thought of as a non-earnest venture to give Jim a chance to do something different, and then real life intervened. Right. There's probably some footage out there because we would have shot screen tests at the drop of a hat. Whoa. There's probably also some footage out there of Jim as Stan Laurel. Buster went on to do Pirates of the Plane and... <laughs> Dan's face. Yep. <laughs> that would have been yeah. great. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Buster, uh, John Cherry, went on to do Pirates of the Plane and the Laurel and Hardy movie. The New Adventures of Laurel and Hardy, I believe it was. Uh, for the Love of Mummy, I believe. For the, nice. love, of the, for the love of the Mummy. Yes, is, nice. the, is the full title. Uh, by the time Pirates of the Plane came along, Jim's health was not good. I don't think any of us knew it was in the decline that it turned out to be. But both of those movies went on without him. I'm sure we shot footage of Jim as the pirate character... There was a pirate character in Dr. Otto that Jim yep. did. I'm sure he must have messed with it sometime. But Pirates of the Plane was ultimately made with Tim Curry, 
Dr. Frankenfurter from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, we know who Jim Carrey is, man. <laughs> but it's so interesting to hear that so many people were vying for him to play, to expand his roles into other avenues. When I think, when I think of Ernest in general, I think of such a, maybe, maybe not pigeonhole is the right word, but such like a controlled environment for this, for this actor. I feel like developing projects where he didn't have to be Ernest was partly trying to keep him. Sure. Because... Sure. Like, we'll, we'll give you this if you stay and do this other oh, thing. Yeah. yeah. And they... I think if you work with an actor that is as talented as we've learned Jim Varney was, mm-hmm. you want to see them succeed. Even if that means, yeah. even if that means they don't work with you all the time anymore. Like you want people to be able to fulfill their potential. Who ended up being Absolutely. in the, in the, uh, Lauren Hardy movie? Oh, um, Bronson. Bronson Pinchot? Bronson yeah. Pinchot, yeah. Oh. It was Bronson Pinchot and Guylard Sartain as uh, Lauren oh. Hardy. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. yeah. That kind of makes sense. Yep. Well, that's Ernest the Pirate, which was not at all Ernest the Pirate, but right. that's it's, the story. It's a rumor. It's like an urban legend yeah. of Ernest. I would love to see any footage of Jim Barney as a pirate, even though we, we do have we do. plenty, yep. but any more. It'd be it. so much more interesting because screen tests are often so much looser. Mm-hmm. So it'd be a lot more improv and that kind of, which would be fun to watch. <laughs> it makes me think. How if, many hours exist? Sure. Now <laughs> well, it makes me think to take it back to Ernest Analogs. It makes me think of the test footage from the Muppet movie. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like Jim Henson and Frank Oz, like, like with just the cows. farting around with the cows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. YouTube search that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's time to move into the actual earnest working titles. Yes. This is going to be a lot. So uh, most of these got further than a title. As we said before, a lot of this is coming from the Know the Artist interview with Coke Sams. There's also a great article I found that has a couple of these titles, which I just want to give a shout out because they did the research too. It's the Lair of Lost Films blog, and they just had a little article about the unmade Ernest films. Mm -hmm. Some of this comes from that. Some of these we had to go into the internet way back machine for. That's right. Yes, the knowtheartist.com interview is only an archival version as we could find it. First, I want to go into uh, a quote from Coke Sam's from that article, which is super relevant about how they approached writing Ernest premises. So Coke Sam said, remember Abbott and Costello? They were a comedy duo back in the 40s and 50s. Of course, you remember Abbott and Costello. We talked about them in the last episode. They would do movies like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. They were always slamming these comic characters into sort of a sci-fi or horror movie spoof. We also thought, what if we had an idiot and made him the one who needs to save the world? It could be tarantula women, evil dictators, or almost anything outlandish that was kind of a movie convention. We would see if there was a place for Ernest in it. Interesting. That makes sense, though. I mean, that's yeah. almost how he's, that's, I mean, it's clearly how he's treated in the yeah. other movies, and he's, we'll take this character and put him in this situation and see how he reacts. It's almost like that old, I don't know if you ever took a writing class that had that experiment of how to build a character where one of the tests is, put your character in a locked elevator for 10 hours, and how do they react? Mm-hmm. So oh. you understand what they do. That's cool. So it's that same sort yeah. of idea of like, Oh, now put- I just want the Ernest Elevator movie. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. <laughs> oh, man. And Ernest is the devil. But that's how that's how you prove you know your characters. You put yeah. them in di- different scenarios and you know how they'll react to those scenarios. I think we could all picture how Ernest would react to that. At this point, the elevator would be a... dismantled by the, <laughs> within two hours. I rebuilt it. It goes super fast now. <laughs> Shoot. We'd know every we'd know every synonym for the word elevator. <laughs> oh no, the lift, the vertical. Yeah, yeah. So, something about like I've defeated the minion of Otis or something like that. Well, yeah, I love the idea that they consciously treated Ernest like Abbott and or Costello. Sure. And springboarding off of that, let's start with Ernest versus the Song of the Tarantula Women. 
So uh, we know, let me just start off, Dave. I saw your face. We do know that this was intended as a Dr. Otto sequel. That's true. That's something we learned from the Sun Sentinel, an article from July 1985, where John Cherry, as the button to this interview with a reporter, talks about the working title for the Dr. Otto sequel, which would have been about, quote, uh, Dr. Otto's encounter with an overweight gospel singing motorcycle gang. Yep. And from that interview with Know the Artist, Coke Sam said, We were serious about Song of the Tarantula Women. Disney intervened mercifully. I feel like the Tarantula Women made a comeback in one of the earnest pitches we made to Disney. So that was like a Dr. Otto sequel that at some point Ernest was incorporated into. Sure. And that was pitched to Disney as an Ernest movie. Coke Sam says about the premise, It was about a character I always thought of as John Cherry. But there was a director who was trying to make an exploitation movie and he comes to a small town, kind of like the music man. He's trying to hustle the town, making the movie of the tarantula women. I think that what we envisioned was women in skimpy spider outfits. (laughs) We were coming off Dr. Otto and we had the head wenches in it who were sci-fi women in scanty outfits. So basically, the actresses from Dr. Otto, I assume, would be brought into tarantula women, except they would be spiders. Well, and you know, again, this sounds like matinee, where John Goodman's character comes into a town and is bringing his Atomo vision to the local movie theater. when was matinee made? Uh, 93, I think. Okay, so this was pitched before that was made. Yes. Oh, and they both feel like- Interesting. Like like matinee is like a 1960s throwback, and tarantula women kind of sounds like it is too, in terms of the way that it is sort of an exploitation movie. It's or an, a movie about an exploitation so movie. I feel like some of these unmade Ernest movies were movies that were made by other people without Ernest. Sure, sure. Well, so, there's a long history of that sort of idea, of the Music Man yeah. kind of idea. Yeah. With the Simpsons episode with the monorail. Yeah. Monorail. Yeah. yeah. So I hear that these things are awfully loud. So it really makes... <laughs> it, it's just another easy premise to kind of throw this new, this other character mm-hmm. we have in and, and it's see an, how they react. An archetype, a film archetype. Like, what are these, like, films that you always see? You always see a film where some random person saves Christmas. You always see some film where right. there's, like, a horror thing and trolls come back from the dead, whatever. So who's Ernest in this scenario, then? He is the stock everyman that I think America can get behind. He's, he's the he's, everyman. He's, he's the um, put your faith in America's champion. I figured he's almost like a... Not a roadie, but what are, like people who work on film sets, like just one of those guys, or like a, a PA, grip or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, and he just gets entangled into this film. Sure. Mm. Or or he's like the set janitor. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Just he he can clean something. Yeah. But it does. It is strange because the title sounds so far fetched in comparison to the other movies. Yeah. It definitely sounds like one of the joke titles. Like yeah. It's, like. It, it sounds like earnest dialogue also. Like, it sounds flowery and absurd and extreme. It does sound like a movie Ernest would watch more than a movie Ernest was in. Like, something he would be watching in Hey, Vern, it's like, Ernest. like Vindor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. Hey, Vern, I just love these outer space movies, don't you? This is my all-time favorite one, too. This is called Attack of the Moon People. And this is where the evil Vindor sends his atomic virus space pod to Earth to paralyze everybody so him and his evil buddies can just waltz in, big as you please, and stomp the living day lights out of everybody it's definitely a more of a dr auto movie sure i can sure. imagine why disney would pass sure and <laughs> just like ah i don't know if that's on brand it is on brand for dr auto correct would still watch it um the next is actually no title the untitled Ernest musical yes indeed coke sam's just said about that we had a whole musical thing we wanted to do but could never get anyone to pay for it 
<laughs> well, live action musicals have. are notoriously expensive, aren't they? Like, are they? The, I think so because of the very because of the grand well, nature of it's of, like an album and a movie. Yeah, and generally you think of big set pieces and large, That's like right. lots of extras. And so, and yet you have a contract with Disney to make movies. A musical seems like a no brainer. Like, get Alan Menken to write some music. Oh, for, no, don't, don't for, say that. No, now I feel sad that it didn't happen. Oh. Uh, I'm just recasting Ernest in the Seymour role in Little Shop of Horrors in my mind now. Sure. <laughs> Might as I well. Would, I would watch that movie. <laughs> well, yeah, what would an Ernest musical be? Well, Ernest it, Goes it, to Rock, you mentioned. The, <laughs> I forgot about Ernest Goes to Rock. So that's the Rock of Ages, Ernest, is Ernest Goes to Rock. Rock of Ages, Ernest. <laughs> Me. The thing about the title, or at least the non-title, is that it doesn't. <laughs> it like it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't tell us anything about what it no, could have been. Just would have so, been the musical. Yeah. All, all we have is format and not story. Well, yeah. And you know, it's interesting to put those two concepts back to back because the song of the tarantula hey, women could very go. easily could translate the musical. Yeah. 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 Um, so it would have been a rock opera for sure. And we've also, uh, again, to keep this uh, train of thought going, we've talked about a Dr. Otto musical. We talked about it with right. our guest Jessica on the Dr. Otto episode. Yeah. And just like how the weird sort of segmenting of... Dan, have you seen Dr. Otto? I'm, I have not. Okay, You've so, told me to watch it, but oh, I, I should. Okay. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. We could watch it together at some point. I definitely point, need to get on top of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. something, yeah. Uh, yeah, but so like we've talked about... So Dr. Otto has sort of like a segmented horror movie nature to mm-hmm. it in terms of how it's uh, plotted. Mm-hmm. And so like each one of those segments jim varney plays a character that's a little bit different and each one could have a different song in a exactly. different genre you could literally have guy dandy sing meet me at the oh, rainbow no. grill uh, <laughs> i didn't i didn't think about the amount of pain that would be involved in this episode Aww. i'm just like no why but but i think that there's still we was robbed we were robbed but it's still fun to think about like Absolutely. what could have been and to brainstorm to, yeah. make, to mix the last three together, you can have a musical mm-hmm. with the Tarantula Women, a la Rocky Horror. Yes. With mm. Tim Curry. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Tim Curry can come ah. in. <laughs> Why is he a pirate? Pirates They're both pirates. Year. I don't know. Yeah. All right. To get back to actual titles, here's a title that was mentioned in a couple of interviews Yep. with uh, Jim Barney, John Cherry, Ernest in Paradise. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, like it? Ernest in Paradise. <laughs> okay. So Jim Varney said about this, we have some ideas, like Ernest in Paradise. Then John Cherry said in May of 1987 that the sequels to Camp that were being contemplated were Ernest in the Army, Ernest the Bellhop, we'll talk about that in a second, Oh boy. <laughs> and Ernest in Paradise. <laughs> uh, continue, sorry. And Ernest in Paradise, in which the character wins a South Seas vacation. Hmm. I think it sounds very 60s. I actually think that kind of premise is going to come back in another unmade title, which we'll talk about. Yes, which I was literally just reading my notes about. Okay, yeah, I have lots of notes about that window. Okay, so having mentioned it, we should also talk about Ernest the Bellhop. (laughs) It says maybe he works with the Tim Curry Bellhop in Home Alone 2. Wait, that was actually asked in it? or is that No, the that's just my, oh, okay. my note. I'm just laughing because we've been talking about Tim Curry. There's a whole lot of Tim Curry. Well, yeah, I, I'm also thinking, again, my brain is still in analogs mode. All I can think of is paging Mr. Worrell. Mr. Worrell, you have a telephone call at the front desk. It's Pee-wee's Big oh, Adventure. Right. He plays a bellhop <laughs> in the fake right. movie within a movie. <laughs> 
so what Ernest the bellhop. Well, a bellhop is a very it's a very oh, he earnesty would, job. He would be such a great bellhop. He, he would he would uh, so happy dote on can every single guest at the hotel. Exactly. No, I right? got it. I can take two cards. Yeah. <laughs> I rigged it to go. Super no, no, no. Wait, fast. I fixed it now. The weird part is that title sounds like. Just a job description at the That's start true. of an Ernest movie, sure. not like the actual adventure of the Ernest movie. But I, but I want to own a hotel at the end of this. <laughs> yeah, it would be like you have grander aspects. Of sure, it. sure. Why not? Like that got as far as what his job was, yeah. it seems like. Because yep. it's like, well, he'll be a bellhop. Don't know what else. But yeah, usually uh, his vocation is not in the title. It's just. An it sounds element. like the reason why a lot of these were ha- sort of halted where they were, and that yeah. there's not much more to it when you get to that. No. No, the title is the only note I have on Ernest the Bellhop. Yeah. Because it was mentioned, I assume they had some kind of idea in mind for what that would be, but sure. we don't have any information on it. Uh, a little intro to the next few, okay? Mm-hmm. John Cherry in The Tennessean in 1989 said, we're scheduled to start filming in August, and we're supposed to be shooting two of them back to back. So 1989 would be, I guess, after Christmas. Correct, and before jail. All right. So he says, we're scheduled to start in August, and we're supposed to be shooting two of them back to back. We'll be doing Ernest Spaced Out, Mm -hmm. and either Ernest and the Bold Crusader, or Ernest and the Cave of the Voodoo King. Okay. Wow. (laughs) So I legit thought one of those were going to be one we've heard of. Like one that was actually made. No. That's crazy. So Ernest and the Curse of the Voodoo King also known as Ernest and the Voodoo oh, Curse. I have actually tons of on alternate that. titles. No, I have tons of information about that one. Oh, oh, oh. So can we talk first about yeah, let's do the other um, two. Ernest and the Bold Crusader? Sure, sure, sure. What order makes the most sense? Does it make let's sense to go from Erne- minimal information yeah, to most information? Yeah, let's actually go to we'll talk about Spaced Out later. Let's go to Ernest and the Bold Crusader. Sure. Because all I have on that is one quote from Jim Varney mm-hmm. where he says, In the Bold Crusader, Ernest is an exterminator. The Bold Crusader is a kind of Batman hero. Oh. Okay. The Bold Crusader is a Batman kind of hero. The Exterminator, Ernest, comes to the Batcave when Bold Crusader is on vacation and the race is on. The race is on for I what? I don't know what that means, <laughs> but I think it means then the movie goes from there. I'm, so I'm picturing immediately, this is this like, even as, as scant as that information is, it's very evocative. Yeah. I'm picturing Ernest with like a spray bottle and a rag. Like, He's like, look at spraying, all these bats. Spraying, no, no, spraying like the the uh, hyperbaric chambers that hold all the costumes for the Bold Crusader. Yeah. And, and like he sprays something and he's like washing it down. And then he hits like a button with his arm or something goes wrong and it just opens. And then like yeah. he has to try on the costume right. because he comes into of course he does. Because he's an exterminator. Right. He presses the button. It opens up. And instead of probably leaving, like I think many of us would do, <laughs> <laughs> he goes in and the race is on. Race to be determined later. Maybe he just takes on the... Or maybe, hey, maybe it's like the Bull Crusader is notably absent. Maybe, like, everyone's been wondering, hey, where did he go? Sure. And so Ernest is like, well, I'll fill in. Yeah. That's what I figured. It does does say he's on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, everyone noticed he's gone. Or maybe something terrible is happening. Sure. And the Bull Crusader is on vacation. Because I think it'll be out of Ernest's good heart. Sure. So sure. he might just want to fill in and be like, "People need hope." I'll be the bold crusader. Do you think there's like another like? Is there like an Alfred type character? There must be. Like, there must be. You're the only I'll one who can do this someone... now that the bold crusader is gone. <laughs> My terrible Michael Caine impression. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated it. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> I did not get that. That was Michael Caine. <laughs> 
That's how bad it was. It's a tangerine the size of a tangerine. I think um, it might be somebody that's been in an earnest movie before. Cause, I have some stuff of that later. Because right? I'm thinking like, all right, we keep reusing actors. Oh, yeah, so we who haven't talked Alfred about that be? yet. Exactly right. So I think maybe Zamiel Malik from Slam Dunk Ernest. Ernest, why don't you tell your friends that you can't work tonight? Could Love be it. a great Love Alfred it. type character. Yeah, okay. just yeah. call him Albert. Why yeah. not? Yep. And or <laughs> like call him Zamiel. One of the mighty work boys, maybe the tall one. But it seems right to split. It seems wrong to split them up. Sure, sure, sure. No, I, I like the Zamiel Moloch yeah. uh, callback because I think um, what was that actor's name? It was something French. Oh, it was like Jay Jay Brizot. Yeah. So I, I, I think Jay Brizot. I think he had potential to be more of a recurring yes. earnest person. And yeah, we love qu- him, so we do. I'm going to qu- bring back all the people I love. Sorry, go ahead, Dan. Sorry, the question I would have is like, um, who's going to be the main villain? There's got to be like, right? if, if there's a Batman, yeah, and there's got to be a Joker. A Joker. Third mm-hmm. a- third act reveal of the main villain. It's Dr. Otto. Dr. Otto is what I was going <laughs> to yeah. say. Yeah. It's Dr. Otto. I have yet another riddle for you. <laughs> the bold crusader is nowhere to be found. What is square but also round. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, you have to watch Dr. Otto. I'm, I'm going to have to so watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing I was thinking is um, the other um, aspect of it that's very earnesty is contraptions and the utility belt right. of Batman. Yes. Wait, see, he would modify the belt for sure. Well, now I'm just picturing the, and the, uh, then the car. The random suit contraptions from Africa where like uh, Renee right. is like, oh, can you go yeah. get some firewood? And he just or, like or has like a million, stupid. like the rhino wrestling gloves. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's him walking, by the way, yeah. for anyone uninitiated. Stand back, local species. I'm coming for the wood. Now nah, you're all initiated. We. Where does he get those toys? Well, he he made them. He stole them. Scraps of lumber and, and... from the bold. I've been collecting this cave. stuff for years. Yeah. Ah, maybe that's where Ernest gets all his stuff. He wanders into superheroes' caves. Sure. Well, if I can, <laughs> actually thinking about that, if I can go back to another Ernest analog, there is a Jackie Chan movie called The Tuxedo. Okay. Where he like in this puts on the tuxedo of a not not a superhero per se, but of a a crime fighting person. Right. Like a sec- kind of like a secret, secret agent. agent. We'll get there. But the tuxedo imbues Jackie Chan with these abilities. He's he's sort of an everyman. And, of course, it gives him the abilities to do all of the things that Jackie Chan himself can, of course, do mm-hmm. in terms of uh, physical action and storytelling. Right. So, so it would be akin to the, the shoes in Slam Dunk Yeah. Right. Maybe like he finds a super suit of some kind, <laughs> yep. like an Iron yep. Man type suit. Yes. Sure. Oh, Iron these are all, this, is, this premise is rife. Yeah. With oh, possibilities. Yeah. Sure, sure. Still want to know what that race is, though. What's the race? The race on? is on. <laughs> Maybe the race against the clock, because maybe there is something some kind of a time going on. Yes. He didn't get super detailed, but I'm glad he said what he said. Super detailed. <laughs> but I got your car super detailed. Uh, yep. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's face. Yeah, I mean, Ernest would modify, I think, everything in the Bold Crusader cave, and the sure. Bold Crusader would come home at some point. I imagine well, and he'd just be like, "What?" And there would what be a happened? there would be a scene of him testing the things out. And I think what we, what would eventually happen would be, you know, as he's testing them out, a bunch of things go wrong. Mm-hmm. But much like the Ernest don't shoot it arc in <laughs> Slam Dog Ernest, eventually, it was so wrong it goes right. Exactly right. Ah. It would come back around, and all the things that ostensibly are the problems with his contraptions and his his modifications are eventually what win the day. Sure. And defeat Doctor Otto. And the henchwench. But then he has a bomb, Maybe so he wins can. anyway. Yeah. 
<laughs> I well, have you, a bum. I win you know, the hench wenches feel very 1960s Batman. Yeah. They feel like the Joker or like the Joker having like all these like goons who are like dressed as clowns or whatnot. I feel like we can't get them in the Ernest movie because they're not as family friendly. I think you could modify their, their could wardrobes. Modify... Yes. Yes, yeah. we could. Yeah. You're right. Oh, I know. We just won't dangle any chains directly from sure, boobs. No, yes, exactly. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I gotta watch. I was Otto. gonna say, you're, as you get like just like little nuggets of what Doctor Otto is. <laughs> this honestly sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. We'll, we'll set a time. Is what we'll do. We'll pick. We we'll pick shall. a date at the end of this, and we'll we'll get together and watch Doctor Otto. All right. Let's move on to Ernest and the Curse of the Voodoo King, or Ernest and the Voodoo Curse. Correct. Or. Ernest and the Cave of the Voodoo King. I've seen all of these yep. in various articles. I think uh, we can call it uh, Ernest and the Voodoo Curse. Why not? For uh, brevity's sake. Okay. I have so many notes on this. Uh, what do you have, Dave? Well, so a couple of things. You know, you already talked about the 1989 article. Yeah. I have some other notes that say originally this was supposed to be the first movie after camp. This was like their main idea. Yes, actually, I have this. This was to be shot in Jamaica after camp. We got Christmas instead. Whoa. Yep. And yep. so what year was Christmas? 88? Yeah. Yep. So because uh, in August of 1987, John Cherry announced, uh, it was an article in the Tennessean again, mm-hmm. and he said, we're planning to shoot Ernest and the Curse of the Voodoo King in January and February in Jamaica. And as you said, that got replaced by Christmas. Yeah. And I love Christmas. Yep. But man, am I wondering... I also have the article from the Buffalo News, Hayvern, Jim Varney's For Real. We've talked about this article before. Mm -hmm. And in that, we have the information, quote, In the Voodoo King, Ernest wins something like the dating game because for once in his life, he's clever. Mm -hmm. And the girl picks him and they win a date to Haiti where the natives think she would be a perfect virgin sacrifice. (laughs) And the slapstick race is on. (laughs) Why does he keep saying that? (laughs) What race? Now it's a slapstick race. <laughs> I don't know what this means. Sorry, I'm just making sure that I'm just making sure that it's Varney saying it. No, yeah, I it have is, that it too. is Varney. It's it is him. Varney. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. This oddly okay, enough sounds wait. a lot like Africa. Okay, I was gonna say this. It does. So actually I was gonna say, I think this love interest became Renee. Oh because they, remember she they put her in a cage. <laughs> Ernest, get me out of here! Don't worry, Renee, I have everything under control. <laughs> it has begun! Yeah, this, right. I think in this Africa, whole plot became. I Renee. think this all became Africa. Yeah. That's but interesting. I have, I have uh, a lot more on that dating show thing. Please. <laughs> so actually, Coke Sam's actually says he has a lot about this plot. Mm-hmm. He said we went back to Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein kind of thing. So Ernest and the Voodoo Curse it actually got as far as the script. Okay. And it had a really bad guy, and it happened on an island like Hawaii. Who knows? I think Hawaii, by that Haiti, time, same thing. Yeah. He said at that time they realized that they could pick locations that would be fun to travel to and make movies there. Sure. He said, so we had uh, voodoo and a high priest. It was like the idiot version of Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's absolutely Africa. That's absolutely (laughs) Africa. But look at this. We had lines of zombies, voodoo potions, and Ernest pretending to be a zombie. Interesting. Right? I can picture it. So clearly, just him going, <laughs> just making that stupid I am noise. legend, know what I mean? <laughs> wow. And it's weird that we describe Africa as the Indiana Jones, yep. essentially, of- uh, uh, Illinois Smith. Yeah. 
<laughs> of the earnest movies that this sounds so much like it's it's bizarre that, that yeah and yeah. Af- africa was this on a super budget because we didn't get zombies super we didn't get budget. voodoo basically this sounds like a way more fun version of africa it does <laughs> it sounds like a version where you spend more time with the tribe as opposed to the journey to get to the tribe. You know, in Africa, they spend a lot of time like trudging through the jungle and then eventually find the tribe at the end. Sure. Well, I mean, you got to stop by the uh, golf course. Yeah. And, well, uh, we might just have the high. Well, yeah, we did have a high priest. But sure. Do I'm a high priest. Yeah. yeah. A... Say, Chief, aren't you uh, also a high priest or something like that? Yeah, boy. High priest. But yeah, he may, he may or may not have been a high priest. Because yeah. the way I, he I, said it was like, I, yeah. I uh, maintain that he's uh, not a high priest. priest. <laughs> he's like, sure, <laughs> Okay. So Whatever makes you happy. <laughs> Coke Sands also said about this, Ernest and the Voodoo Curse actually was pretty funny. There was a woman in it who had one blue eye and one brown eye. She was supposed to be the woman of Ernest's dreams. Of course, she would have nothing to do with him. It was fun to do the script. I remember that one fondly. 100% Africa. Yeah. Okay. And so here is a bit of the game show part from oh. John Cherry's memoir. Uh, and that's uh, Keeper of the Clown, I believe, right? Yes. He says about Ernest and the Voodoo Curse. It opened with Ernest accidentally ending up on a game show called Love Junction. (laughs) Love Junction, (laughs) what's your function? He says, you know the drill, three bachelor hunks, in quotes, answer stupid questions in an effort to woo the female contestant into picking them for the dream date. As luck would have it, she picks Ernest, and when he walks out, she walks off. Yeah, that seems about right. (laughs) Which is so mean. I don't know. I don't think you could walk off just from seeing Ernest. I think you need some additional information. He doesn't look like... Maybe she walked... She was like, this guy's too handsome. I gotta get out of here. (laughs) I always find it amusing what men think is unattractive to women sometimes. Oh, and why is that? Because the assumption right here is that a woman would just look at Ernest and walk away. Sure. Like he's clearly unattractive. I don't think just on sight any woman would be like, no... Jim Varney's too hideous. I mean, I think what we've learned from both the women who have been on this podcast and follow this podcast is that that's definitely not yeah. true. What is that, Dad? I was going to say, I think it might have to do with the fact that he, quote, stumbled onto it. So he's probably not dressed for the part. Well. I mean, he's absolutely wearing the vest. Yeah. And the yeah. Oh, he, well, I assume yeah. the other bachelors are probably dressed up a little bit more like sure. trying to dress to impress yeah. a little bit. So when he steps out in probably, I don't know, some kind of janitorial gear or his standard, standard outfit. It just probably would be like, oh. Maybe he brings the broom. Yeah. She's like, no. I mean, he could have very well started as like the janitor at uh, like a production That's studio. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he was stung by a lot of bees immediately before. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out why she would walk away just from sure. looking at him. Sure. I feel like. I love that the first place you went was bees. Like that was. I don't know. Like I just think, like what would what would, what would deform his face? Yeah. So like it, like I'm picturing like Hitch with or maybe uh, he got Will he, Smith where he gets he has the allergic reaction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. Wait, but what what year was this? <laughs> Supposedly like around that was supposed to be after camp as early as '87. Yeah, yeah. So okay, '88. So then I can imagine that the two other bachelors are probably like real hunky dudes. And they're but probably she playing can't off see that. them, remember? No, I know, but that's what they're. That's for us to watch. Mm. As the audience, that's like our our reasoning why she'd run away is because yeah. she's expecting. Well, you know, we did a fake bachelorette bachelor that's type right. show in in our love episode, but also it's such it's another like 1960s throwback. It's very like of the era yeah. of when the Ernest writers kind of like came of age mm-hmm. and grew up and whatnot. So it feels it feels correct and consistent. Oh yeah, actually, I'm. 
Really sad we didn't see that. Sure, sure. I would love to see Ernest on a dating type show. She does have to go uh, on the date with him anyway, apparently. But yeah. uh, <laughs> She's contractually obligated to. Look, you signed this document. Apparently they go. Produced at Diamond World Pictures. And I'm feeling like this is totally Renee. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is Renee. Maybe she already knows him and that's what it is. I don't She's a waitress from him. the Wana Waffle <laughs> in Deacon <laughs> County, Ohio. Please welcome. Uh, oh, this sounds great. What he says about... So John Cherry also says... The movie was exotic islands and a villain smuggling everything from rare birds to Mayan artifacts. It was a shark that swallowed a boombox and played rap music. It was Ernest singing. <laughs> what? <laughs> Those two aren't connected at all. No, this is just stuff that was in the movie. Sharks with freaking boomboxes. <laughs> it was, it was Ernest singing "People Who Need People" during his execution. I'm sorry. How did we get there? He's just free associating. Yeah, like this movie is. He's looking around exotic islands. Yeah. It's sharks with boomboxes in their stomachs. It's it's Ernest singing "People Who Need People." Ernest and the Cave of the Voodoo King. But he's clearly picking out very specific scenes that he has yeah, in mind just, yeah. that have probably been written and probably stood out to him. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, those, those set like pieces. It. Yeah, I can I mean, see. I can see those things happening I'm, in a movie. I'm into the best friend shark. Now it's a best friend in my mind. The best friend shark. <laughs> Who opens his mouth and rap music comes out. Oh, what's his name? Like Finn? I sure. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of if there's any rap pun in there, but I don't think. MC Finn? There we go. But <laughs> <laughs> all else fails, throw MC before something. <laughs> Was that not clear? Okay. So yeah, my note about it is, is this Africa, basically? And is the love interest Renee? Yeah. It's funny, because as I was reading those articles and taking the, the similar notes to what you took, it didn't even occur to me, but hearing you read it out loud, it's like, oh, f- absolutely, this yeah. is Africa, which is, is fascinating. <laughs> yeah, and Voodoo Curse would have been shot in the Caribbean. So actually, I'm kind of thinking, I'm thinking of it like a Curse of Monkey Island kind of thing. Ooh, that's interesting. My name is Ernest, and I want to be a pirate. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If this went in a piratey direction, I feel like I could be down if... If it was treated more like that. Sure. If the island culture was treated more like the way Monkey Island does it mm-hmm. instead of the way Africa did it. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it would be it would be interesting to see him in that role again of visiting right. this sort of alien terrain to him. Sure, sure. And the sort of swashbuckling adventures of pirate dumb seem to f- kind of fit in perfectly in that too. Hmm. But I don't know how you get from... I guess that's not... Just because th- of the Caribbean. The that's not the scriptwriter is really how to yeah, get from... Yeah. Ernest of the Caribbean. Yeah. Ernest and the Dead um, Man's Curse. Yeah. Zombie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, there's, def- there's definitely something there. Um, and I think there's ways you could do it where the more problematic elements are taken exactly. out. Exactly. And also, if you kind of want that vibe, maybe play the Monkey Island games. Uh, we've talked before about having Which Ernest in a awesome. point-and-click adventure and how much we would love that. I'm just thinking of Ernest in the game now. Sure. Yeah. I can't pick that up. Know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> then you don't, could use, don't go you, together, Vern. I don't know how to use that. <laughs> well, I feel like you could, then you could use any object with any other object and make something out of oh, it. I yeah. mean, the contraptions that you would make from that sort of like game mechanic sound. I think the game would lovely. break because there would be too many combinations. <laughs> 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 it would just crash. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, and I mean, sidebar, uh, just to bring this up because it happened, there was that Onion article about uh, joking about Ernest being in Kingdom Hearts 3 oh, yeah. as an obscure Disney oh, property. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there is a hunger and a demand, at least from the people uh, sitting in this area, for uh, playable <laughs> Ernest. And somebody sent me that article thinking it was real, and I was sad. Yes, that was <laughs> the correct reaction. <laughs> So sorry. Oh, it was man. not me who sent it, by the way. I just want to make that clear. I am not <laughs> that gullible. Was... I was not. <laughs> I'm not that gullible. 
I, oh, I understand man. what the onion is. Yeah. All right. Ernest spaced out. Yes, let's get to it. <laughs> Why not? So uh, what do you have on this? I'm just going to ask you that first because I basically took every quote that I found about it and I've got them all here. Well, so the first place that I had heard about Ernest spaced out was reading Justin's book because mm-hmm. uh, page 190. The book is called? The Importance of Being Earnest, The Life of Actor Jim Varney, available on Amazon, iTunes, mm-hmm. and Kindle yep. and uh, all sorts of other uh, bookstores in the uh, Lexington, Kentucky area. But uh, page 190, uh, he says... One idea under serious consideration was called Ernest Spaced Out. The basic plot involved Ernest getting snatched by aliens and taken back to their planet, which immediately makes me think of Auntie Nelda in the uh, <laughs> outer space episode right. of Hey, Vern, it's Ernest. Can you believe it? I travel all that way. There's no meal on the flight. And what thanks do I get? They don't even want me. And to think they that I almost I almost became a space pet. Uh, and there's a similar notion in the Buffalo News article. Again, uh, Jim Varney says, we've got lots of great ideas. Mm-hmm. In Spaced Out, Ernest gets captured by aliens, taken to their planet, and he comes back a changed man. <laughs> and the race is on. And the, ra- <laughs> <laughs> and the space race is on. Yes. <laughs> when, you, when you guys asked me to do this episode. Yeah. Um, one of the homework assignments was to write our own like premises. Yes, and this was initially the first thing that came to mind was oh shoot, shoot him into space, Ernest. Yeah. Because that's just space. that seems just something you do. Like yeah. for so many properties, they just eventually send him into space, and I like basically nixed it right away because I thought this has to have existed in some yeah. point. Sure, I mean that's that's like the if I can talk about a film that I've made, Little Guys in Space. That's like mm-hmm. the time tested way to improve a property is to We're put the thing into a space. Yep, exactly right. <laughs> Send them to space. Josie and the Pussycats, done. Gilgan's Island, done. Well, I was Star honestly, Trek, done. I was actually Star Trek in space. I really like that one. A Muppets in space. It could be a Muppets in space thing where we realize that Ernest is an alien. Oh, Muppets from space. Muppets yes, from space. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, oh, it would be great if they come down and they all are like Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> People of Earth and Vernon. The best ice cream in the galaxy comes from bombs. <laughs> Know what I mean? Or the only... Oh, what if they come to Earth, but the only media <laughs> they've ever taken Earth. in yeah. has been Ernest commercials? Ooh. Oh. We've been monitoring your... <laughs> well, it's, you know what it's like? It's like Coneheads. Yeah. Oh, that's Directed by the great, the great Steve Barron. Okay. And they think Ernest is our leader, or that everyone is just like Ernest. Sure, sure, sure. I, what well, I have on... <laughs> what's the actual premise? Well, actually, like what David said, that Jim Varney described it as... The movie in which Ernest goes away in a space shuttle. An article from the LA Times in 1989 described it as, Ernest spaced out, finds our hero picked up by a UFO, and later taken for a Martian by gullible Earthlings. Interesting. So he was... Um, so he That's got... confusing to me. So he's taken by a UFO, but then later he's mistaken for a Martian. I, maybe that's why he, he comes back a changed man. And now they think he's a Martian. So I'm picturing the Simpsons episode where uh, Mr. Burns gets turned into an alien, ostensibly. <laughs> I bring you love. It's bringing love. Break Get his him. legs. <laughs> so. so I have a sidebar about Ernest sa- uh, Saves Out. <laughs> Ernest Saves Out. Ernest Saves Space. I'm so sorry. The Mary Kondo I'm gonna Ernest Saves Space. <laughs> this pink flamingo brings me joy. Know what I mean? Uh, sorry. I have a sidebar. I have a sidebar about Ernest Spaced Out. Sure. Because before we started this podcast, mm-hmm. before I had uh-huh. a rejoined the Ernest collective consciousness, let's say, I had thought that there was an Ernest Space movie. 
Oh. Because I, I had it in my brain. I knew like, oh, some of the earnest movies are Disney movies and blah, blah, blah. And like they're all kind of the 90s because there is a 1997 movie from Disney called Rocket Man. And I think. Oh, OK. I, I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen like posters and like maybe a trailer for it. And I think in my brain, I was like, oh, I wonder if that was like the earnest movie, because that that seems like it was like the same time period. And it was also Disney and shooting well, a guy what in happens space. Rocket Man. Um, I mean, there's a really long. Let me see if I can find a short, a shorter. <laughs> oh, it was hard. I mean, this is just like Mandela effect stuff where you just think you. It, know it's it's exactly that. Yeah, it's like Kazam. Sorry, yeah. uh, Sinbad. Sinbad. It was. Oh man, why can't I remember his can't name? Harlan Williams. Yeah, it was Harlan Williams. That rings oh, a bell. I'm looking at the cover. Oh. Okay, it's that, the tagline is "He's just taking up space." Nice. Uh, here's here's the IMDb uh, brief description. Fred Z. Randall. Okay. <laughs> is, a, is a geeky and obnoxious spacecraft designer who gets the chance to make his dream come true and travel to Mars as a member of the first manned flight there. Wait a minute. That sounds like... Wait a minute. Parallel thinking. This is... It's suspect. Is what yeah, it is. It's very suspect. He's fearless. Ah! Hello, my little Ewok. <laughs> Computer genius. He's supposed to be a little weird. A little? He's determined. How fast does this little tree twirl? And he's got nowhere to go. Are we there yet? But up. But it could have been a thing. If since it's a Disney property, since Rocket Man is a Disney exactly. thing, it could be like Disney had a mandate for this kind of movie, brought it to the earnest people. They were like, "We this is what we tried," and they took it away, brought it to someone else. That's possible. And eventually got to a Harlan Williams. I was well, say Harlan Ellison. Here's a note. I keep wanting to say Harlan Ellison. I want to note. I'll throw in a note here from John Cherry's memoir. He says when they were trying to come up with earnest concepts for movies. He says Disney tried to help by suggesting other scripts to be turned into earnest scripts. Interesting. Which we've questioned whether Saves Christmas exactly. was that. He says they gave us one script titled Pet Detective. We threw that one out. We were what? sure it would never work. Now, now wait a second. Yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> now, I would just like to make it clear for the listeners. There, right. there is a preface to John Cherry's book where he says yeah, some so, of the stuff in this book is not true. I just put it in there to make to be funny, essentially. Yeah, Jim, but, I wonder whether that's John that. Cher- I feel like that might be true because uh, the story behind Ace Ventura Pet Detective was that it was sitting on a shelf for years. Interesting. And nobody wanted it. At some point, Whoopi Goldberg was thought about, but then um, I think Jim Carrey did a lot of rewriting on that. Sure. And that's why it eventually worked and was a vehicle for him. But that script was around for a while. Oh, Jim Varney, kind of like Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so one of Aaron's pet peeves. So I'm thinking now maybe uh, Rocket Man. Was yeah. actually a script that Disney had that they were adding earnest to, and then after they didn't make it, it might have turned into Rocket Man. That's really interesting. You never know. Again, there could be movies out there that were considered as earnest movies. Right, right. And well, we don't like, even know. That reminds or me. Or do we know what they mean? That reminds me <laughs> of uh, how uh, Minority Report started as a sequel to Total Recall. Oh. And then just later became its own thing because there was such a long period of time in between them. Or how Beverly Hills Cop was once Cobra. That's right. That's (laughs) right. Which Stallone then rewrote uh, a bunch of- Or how Troll 2 was a goblin movie. Right. Yeah. Man, filmmaking is weird. Exactly. So We've we've picked a weird industry. Well, screenplay selling is weird. 
Yeah. You sell yeah. a script, it sits on a shelf. You have no idea what may come of it, but people buy these. Sure, sure, oh, sure. I have a fun story based on that. Um, I had a script writing teacher in college who was Cuban. Her whole family emigrated from Cuba. And she wrote a script and she eventually sold it. This is decades ago. Yeah. She wrote it. She wrote this script about her hardship growing up in Cuba and immigrating to the U.S. and trying to integrate into the U.S. life. Um, a studio bought it. It sat around for years. Eventually, it became um, Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Whoa! I definitely have heard about this. That I was your I, I script writing teacher. I might have told you that. That's amazing. That's happened, Fascinating. Yes. Wow. So it just goes to show how much a script can change from exactly. being sold. Because once the studio owns it, they can bring it to wherever they want and do change whatever it they want. They want. With mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Anyway, so so so, maybe, so Ernest Spaced Out might exist. With and and Williams. eventually, when we started this podcast, I later realized, oh, that's not an Ernest movie at all. But there was or definitely. Is it, Dave? <laughs> we'll never know. That's the that, this yeah, frustrating part. Wild is speculation. Like, yeah. Any movie that stars obsessively like a single like white male as the lead could have been an Ernest movie. The Soul. fact that his middle initial is Z is very suspect. That's to me. yeah. You're that right. Telling. Yeah. That's yeah. that's really interesting. But he doesn't go from a, a like lowly blue collar job is the one thing that doesn't. Sort I mean, of... he might have originally. They could have changed that. They could, he oh, could, I guess he so, could yeah. have just been a janitor at NASA. True. Yeah. I, sorry, I love Ernest as a janitor. I don't know what it is, but that that's like that warms my heart because it means he can be around anywhere you go. Exactly. There are janitors and, everywhere. But also, like he's so he's so like like jubilantly helpful. Yeah. And always just kind of around, and you like you you know that like you turn around at work and like oh Ernest's there. Sorry, yeah. I, had, I had to literally it's very turn around to, <laughs> to be to, like Ernest might be there. Exactly right. Exactly that. That's yeah. what. That's why I love Ernest as janitor as much as I also love him as like cab driver and whatnot. Like janitor is like the the thing I always. Or think I love of him, him first. as cab driver because that to me is like oh that could happen. Sure, sure. I, I know you have a a dream in your heart of hearts to get into a cab that is driven by <laughs> Ernest P. Worrell. Yes. You call an Uber and it says your yeah. driver Ernest is here. <laughs> yes. Well, why is he twelve minutes away? He's circling the block like a whole bunch of unnecessary times. He's like, oh, just warming it up for you. <laughs> so Ernest faced, ah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was in the Ernest movie, but I, I like to think so. I mean, a little bit more from that Coke Sam's interview. He says, uh, I think Ernest spaced out probably got as far as a treatment. Buster, John Cherry, had a big book full of treatments and ideas, some good and some bad, but definitely a thick book of possibilities. Ernest spaced out was somewhere in there. Where's that binder? <laughs> Give me that yeah. binder. Give me the binders full of Ernest. <laughs> Is it too late to change the name of the podcast to Thick Book Full of Ideas? Uh, thick uh. Book Full of Ernest? That'll be the book version of the podcast. <laughs> sure, which is uh, half true and half made up. Yeah. Well, we have arrived at the big one, unless you have anything to add before we get to the big one. So before we get to the big one, I have one more thing. Let's go. This is not quite an unmade Ernest, mm. but it is the original premise for Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh, okay. Yeah. From that, this now beloved Coke Sam's interview. Okay. The best interview ever. Um, this is amazing. I got to read this interview. Yeah. I think Ernest Scared Stupid actually started with a haunted statue. It's bizarre to have written all this stuff with John Cherry. I try to remember it now, and it's like somebody else's work. The original had a lot of the flavor of Scared Stupid, but there was no trolls. There was one statue that came to life. It was some terrible person who came back from the dead. Hmm. John and I went to Disney with that script. Both of us felt, this is the best thing we've ever written. It's clean as a whistle. We know what they want. This is good. And they said, what were you guys smoking when you wrote this? (laughs) I mean, literally, they said those words. We were so sure, but it was not to be. They said, we want a a haunted treehouse. So we dismembered anything we could salvage from the original Scared Stupid and cranked it into the next one. Wow. 
Haunted statue is really interesting to me. Yeah. I wonder, because now I'm thinking, like, would the statue have been a Phineas Worrell? That's what I'm thinking. And like, a terrible person that was related to Ernest. Exactly right, yeah. And, then, and he still has to solve a family And play multiple curse. characters, yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So, like, an evil Ernest. Kind of, yeah. An evil old Ernest. Yeah. But then you can easily see, like, they say they scrapped it all, but you can see that, like, a lot of that could be in the sure, too. Sure. It's not that much of a yeah. change. Well, he said they could, they, they salvaged what they could. And he has to go to, Old like... Lady Hackmore must still be I was just going to say, he's like, oh, there's this statue. Let me exactly. go to the person in town who knows about statues. He, he goes to statues. weird Old Lady Hackmore's house and is like, dun, 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 can I talk to you about statues? <laughs> she makes sculptures. Exactly, She's the yeah. oldest person in town. Sure, sure. It's also weird that that mm-hmm. interview implied that Disney was like, no, we need a treehouse in this. That was their note? I think they wanted a haunted, like, house. But is there a like something that was haunted? I mean, there's a... Well, it's technically a haunted treehouse. We had a discussion about this before. We were like, I feel like Disney wanted a haunted house or a haunted treehouse. And, like, it's a little bit about the fact that the treehouse is haunted. It's yeah, the tree that is haunted. They build a house on top of it. I seem to remember the haunted treehouse being the compromise between what the brain trust that wanted was our and, reasoning. What, and what Disney wanted. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's mostly trolls, as I said. It's, it's mainly trolls. <laughs> mainly trolls. Okay. <laughs> and you know, there are statues in that movie. Mm. The frozen wooden dolls that Trantor turns the children into. Right? There are people turning into statues. Exactly. It's the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> they just reversed it. Exactly right. People yeah. turn to statues. Hey, we could still have our statue thing. <laughs> It might have been that just the fact that there was a singular evil person mm. could have been like the turnoff point because even if that person comes back from the dead as like a ghost, it's still a human who was an person. evil person. Yeah. And that's harder for, I guess, harder to relate to yeah. as like you have to defeat this thing rather than that thing being a troll, which right. is just like sure. easy to, clearly to, a in, monster. to make any human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Jeez. I mean, that's like every, that's like the Lego movie. Oh, let's make all the villains robots so that when they're, everyone's just shooting robots all the time, it's fine. Or even Ninja Turtles back yeah. in the day. Like, make all the foot soldiers robots. Mm. Um, make all the stormtroopers clones. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, clones are people. Ernest clone movie? <laughs> uh, I don't know. He's a great bunch of guys. Oh, uh, that's the tag. Okay. The big one? The big one. Let's get to it. Drum roll. Oh, I, <laughs> you want to do it, Dan? I was going to try to drum, drum on something, roll. but I feel like I'm going to mess up the mics. Okay, Ernest and the Water Baby. Ernest, the water Ernest baby. and the Water Baby rolls off the tongue. I remember a, a previous episode where you said Water Baby about a dozen times, and I felt like I was losing my mind. No, because no, I said Water Babies, mm-hmm. plural, because that's what Jim Varney said. Oh, basically, what Jim Varney had said in this interview we talked about for Ernest Rides Again is he said like the next movie will be like Ernest spaced out or Water Babies, which is an ET kind of thing. Yeah. So this movie was going to be Ernest BTT. Okay. Because I didn't know what a water baby is or it's was. Not, yeah. It's not evocative, no. Okay. It's it, Well, what I pictured was Mac and me with Ernest. See, and if I, <laughs> I, like, I like that, but I also was thinking of, uh, to go again back to analogs, the latest Pee-wee movie, Pee-wee's Big Holiday, starts with a dream sequence right. where Pee-wee is talking to Yule, his <laughs> his, his uh, ET-like friend. <laughs> so I can just imagine Yule be, being ostensibly the, the water baby. analogs just are, make are, friends with stuff are we, that's are not Are we even dancing, Ernest? <laughs> there is a drawing of the water baby oh. in this memoir. I will show you, and we will have to post it. Can you we show pro- us? It'll probably be on the poster. I'll show you right now because yeah. um, most of what I'm going to say about Water Baby comes directly from this book, and I will just read it. Keeper of the Clown, My Life with Ernest by John Cherry. Um, I will say, um, before I show you this photo, I will say, 
that in that Coke Sam's interview, he gets really excited when Water Baby is mentioned. Should I read that before we look at the photo? Or Yeah, go ahead. Okay, he, so he just lights up. Same, same Coke Sam's interview. That one was great. I still like that one. Ernest was an alligator feeder at the Gator Jumperoo, an alligator farm. He found this little creature, the Water Baby. It was an E.T.-like creature he found way back in the swamp. Of course, it became his buddy. Somehow, the bad guys found out about it, and they wanted to use it as a tourist attraction. Scientists found out that it had some amazing property in its blood, so they wanted it too. Basically, everyone wanted the water baby, but <laughs> Ernest had it. They were chasing him. You might even say, as an aside, the race was on. The race was on. <laughs> uh, they were chasing him, then they got it, and he was chasing them. It was a chance for a lot of gags on uh, the water. Okay. I liked Water Baby a lot. It had enough heart to make you care about Ernest and enough stupidity to be really funny. Water Baby was actually a good script. I think it might have proven too expensive or they just went in another direction. Yeah, I would think too expensive. So uh, John Cherry in his memoirs, which may or may not be embellished, they definitely are. I Yes. <laughs> gets equally excited about Water Baby. I will show you a drawing of the Water Baby because John Cherry storyboarded all of his earnest movie ideas yeah, and John, earnest movies. John, John Cherry, great concept artist. Mm-hmm. Here it is, the water baby. Oh, whoa. Okay. Yep, yep. It kind of is like a chubby sea monkey. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the idea of that is that this is a swamp creature. It's not actually from outer space, although who knows? There sure. should have been a major reveal. I mean, we don't have that spoiler for the third act. <laughs> the idea was that this was a undiscovered swamp creature that Ernest discovered. So this reminds me, if I can take it back to Ernest Analogs, and I can take it back to point-and-click adventure games... This reminds okay. me of Sam and Max Hit the Road, because there's like a whole we alligator- We did not bring in nearly enough video game analogs. I know, I know. Now I'm like, crap. But like, the the Americana of Sam and Max has always reminded me of the Americana of Ernest, and yeah. vice versa, just in the sort of fake embellished history, yeah. world's largest ball of twine. Have you played Sam and Max yes. Hit the Road? The largest- game? Piece like, of pocket lens. Exactly it, right. Yeah. But in Sam and Max Hit the Road, there's like the sideshow kind of thing where there's like the big foot that yeah. everyone's trying to find and the <laughs> giraffe necked girl. And what is it like? Somebody, somebody's like a pickled hand. I can't remember whose pickled hand it is. Um, mm -hmm. But that's that feels like exactly like where a water baby would be found in some sort of weird sideshow. Also, not unlike the Ernest Analog movie Freaked that I brought up. Well, I've got a treatment here. Oh. Or at least I've got basically the setup. Let's hear it. And huh? a little action, a little bit of the treatment of the action piece. So. I, I read this book a couple of years ago, but it's been a while, so I'm excited to re relearn this information. So here's a bit of the setup. Deep in the Everglades, just off Alligator Alley, sure. there is a tourist trap known as Seminole Sally's. <laughs> uh, sorry, Seminole like the Native American or Seminole like like Seminole? Like this is like Sally, like as as we knew her. <laughs> this is a Seminole place to be. O-L-E or A-L? That's, that's what I'm wondering. O-L-E. Okay. Like the Native yeah. American. Got it, got it. I mean, names in the earnest universe. Well, it's Florida, deep in the effort. There is Wait, a is college this... team called the Florida Seminoles, I believe. Uh, yeah. Sally may or may not be Seminole. Well, Seminole means strongly influencing later developments. So maybe uh... she has a... An impact on the plot as it unfolds. The names always mean something. That's right. That's right. Principal right. Proctor. Complete with two-headed frogs in jars of fluid. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and the alligator jumperoo. Yep. Seminole Sally offers airboat tours of the Everglades. Although Ernest is relegated to feeding the alligators, slapstick scene that pushed the dumb meter, it says in parentheses, the most important thing in the world to him is to be an airboat tour guide. 
and in parentheses it says Cinderella, and be accepted by Seminole Sally's three sons, it says in parentheses, the ugly stepsisters. Interesting. So he's he's kind of thinking, yeah, this is like a Cinderella type story for Ernest. I've never thought of Ernest wanting to be something else and wanting to be accepted by a certain person as a Cinderella. I mean, Cinderella does clean up the house and like is like a menial job sort of worker. No, wait. Ernest analog Cinderella? This is I, interesting. I find it interesting that he thinks in those terms. Yeah. Because it's sort of... That's fascinating. At first it sounds so foreign and wrong and then you just think, you're like, oh wait, no, that actually is yeah. kind of correct. Ernest is Cinderella. Well, Cinderella comes from a lowly beginning, yeah. has high aspirations. Yeah. Achieves those aspirations. Nice to everybody. Talks to animals. People are mean to her. Yeah. Without giving her a fair shot. Ernest just needs a fairy godmother. Guys. Yo. Ernest goes to the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just picturing the, the fantasy sequence from school where there's bubbles aplenty and he's dancing with Miss Flugel. <laughs> so, in the swamp... Presumably while he's feeding alligators. Mm -hmm. Ernest finds a strange creature tangled in a net. He is warned not to keep the cuter than cute creature. So it's adorable. Warned by whom? Warned interest. Yeah. Good Good Yeah, because no one's supposed to know about what this thing is. Maybe Maybe after he brings it back to Maybe the alligators are like, don't do it. (laughs) Or just like he picks up the water baby and just like a voice is like, Ernest. (laughs) (laughs) Obi-Wan Kenobi just materializes. There must be a friend character. Somebody that he talks to. Yeah. Well, she, as we've learned, she well, is both I a Native American and strongly influences later elements well, of the plot. Well, you'll see that uh, she actually is going to oh. be the villain. Oh, so. spoilers. So try as he may, he can't bring himself to let this new pet go. When Seminole Sally sees the water baby, she wants it as an attraction. Ah. Of course. So, uh, it's part of the Everglades, not to, to be fair. Not to interrupt again, but Seminole Sally... Played by Victoria Racimo? That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. But I didn't want to go there because she's not nice. But I love the idea of her playing Hell, a villain. All right. And then they still fall in love, right? I mean, <laughs> was that not clear? <laughs> <laughs> but just like, I love the idea of, because, you know, like we've had. Um, yeah, yeah. Reusing the cast. Uh, but like uh, the Linda Cash trilogy, like yes. those are very different roles. And I love the idea of, you know, a lot of the recurring Ernest. Um, the Ernest Company players, as we've described them, mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of the time, it's like you know Chuck and Bobby are always Chuck and Bobby. They're never really like right. they're sort of uh, chaotic neutral. Let's That's say true, yeah. Um, but I, I love the idea of just as just as Jim Varney played Nash. I love the idea of some of the the female actors being more uh, nefarious in in some of the other films, yeah. which Linda Cash kind of was in Rides Again. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and debatably, sorry. In we, apparently, we can't talk about rides again without me saying absolutely. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it says Seminole Sally wants it as an attraction. Ernest resists until she hooks him with the right bait. I'll make you an airboat tour guide. Oh no, that's what he's always wanted. And the water baby will be safe in the pool at the store. <laughs> Sally tempts him. She's dangerous. Don't trust her. <laughs> From that point on, Water Baby is a tornado of unlikely characters and slapstick action. And heartwarming, tender moments. Absolutely heartwarming. And so- the race is on. <laughs> <laughs> the airboat race. Oh, it will for sure end with race. an airboat uh, race. Yep. So uh, that will be here. Okay. Yep. Actually, let me read some of this action. This So this appears to be, uh, I think this is a picture of the water baby's mommy. I'm going to just show you guys. Oh. I think this is 
going to be how it ends. Interesting. In my mind, the water baby turns into that. I mean, it's a baby. So, so there's a mommy somewhere. Oh, so that's like the grown form yes. of the water baby. This is, Interesting. No, what I mean is like the actual water baby he saves is transforming into that oh. over time. Oh, so this is like, oh, that's. That, that's, that's but he's very... definitely carrying it. See, there, so there's oh, an there's image a here. Drawing? Yeah. Ernest is there oh, carrying mind. the water baby I <laughs> <In investor. laughs> to the mommy. Ah. Okay. So this is going to be about returning this baby to mommy. Now, but I think Dan has an interesting point, though. In, what in if that, it's changing? There's like this like uh, archetype of like characters that as infants are, are not even characters, but creatures that as infants are very like cute and cuddly. And like then as, as they exactly they right, him, yeah. exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Or like a man eating plant. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here's actually a bit of what I can read from this page of what appears to be an illustrated treatment. Mm. illustrated and written by JRC and Coke Sam's, I imagine. Uh, I can't read all of it. I'll read what I can. Some of it is cut off. So, like, Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Ernest Linda. I believe Linda is probably the love interest or not quite love interest of this movie. Interesting. Okay. So Ernest Linda and the old man. There's the friend, I guess. Mm-hmm. Ernest, Linda, and the old man are able to escape in the skiff through the jungle of cypress trees and Spanish moss. In Ernest's arms, the water baby is dying fast. E.T. Oh, becomes like E.T., yeah. Ernest is frantic. The old man drives the skiff as fast as it will go. During a lull in the battle, something catches Sally's eye. It's the skiff. Sally quickly forgets the battle. So Ernest may have created some kind of diversion, I'm thinking. Mm. Like there's a battle going on and now they're running away. Turtle paratroopers. (laughs) Alligator (laughs) Alligator paratroopers. Alligators with parachutes. Yeah. What was, called the, what was it called? The, the gator jump? Or? Oh, yeah. The alligator jumperoo. So maybe that has to be, uh, like, he, he, he gets he them to, to start to jump in and yeah. create a yeah. version. During a lull in the battle, something catches Sally's eye. It's the skiff. Sally quickly forgets the battle and climbs aboard the airboat and goes crashing across the sawgrass to cut off the fleeing skiff. So the airboat race is, in fact, on. Yeah. Okay. Sally smashes through the mangroves and brush on a collision course with the skiff. The old man desperately tries to avoid the inevitable. The airboat slams into the side of the skiff and bodies go flying. Am I the only one picturing like the speeder bike chase? Um, now I'm seeing it, but with water. <laughs> speeder bike, but with water is my pitch. <laughs> <laughs> water bike. Sally slides the airboat around to survey the damage. The boat is capsized in the shallow water and Ernest trudges through the swamp carrying the water baby to the deep canal. Sally revs her airboat engine and shouts over her loudspeaker. We can't see what she shouts because it's cut off. Mm. The next bit I can read is Ernest is frozen. He doesn't know what to do. The water baby is dying. Its sad eyes look up at Ernest. Suddenly from the canal, the earth begins to open up and out of the swamp rises a huge bubble-like creature. Mm. Its human-like hands reach out to Ernest. It's the water baby's mother. Sally can't believe her eyes. It stops her for a moment, but she recovers. An evil, sinister expression crosses her face. She lays the tall polling staff in a horizontal position, secures it, and screws on a large harpoon head. What? <gasps> Climbing back into the driver's seat, she screams over the loudspeaker, I'm going to score you like a shish kebab. Or for your formal occasions, <laughs> shish Roberts. Ernest is terrified defenseless he stands between another I can't and the jousting airboat the airboat goes ripping that's all we have alright I mean (laughs) I have to say that's very evocative like I'm I'm into this scene yeah 
It's very reminiscent of a lot. Of, there's a lot of those kind of movies. They tend to happen with children as opposed to adults, where they find an alien or <laughs> children or Ernest, story yeah. of Ernest. yes, and and are lit on a larger scale where they realize they don't realize the immensity of what they have, but everyone else does, and they slowly come to realize. I mean, that is Mac and Me. It also feels like Free uh, Willy is a bit in the there. Bumblebee movie that just came out. Kind of feels like that. Oh. I don't know if you all have seen that. I have but not seen I hear it. good things. It's Only I saw things. it twice. It was it was quite good. It's quite good. Fun movie. Um, quite good. Quite good. <laughs> is that a Bill and Ted reference? Yeah. Nice. Um, there's a few of those kind of movies. There's the new, the two ones yeah. that just came out about the boys. Like there's a little kid finding a robot dog, and there's oh, oh. I don't know that is one. Is that coming back? Because I feel like it was very much a '90s thing of the kid finds the creature. I think it's an archetype that people can reach back into every few years. There's yeah. always like one of those kind of. Is that ET strikes me as the archetype of that? Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because we already talked about Ernest spaced out. And my instinct is to go like, oh, why were there two Ernest space movies? But this doesn't sound like like apart from the sort of structure of a, a boy and his creature, or yeah. in this case, Ernest and a water baby. Like, there's nothing spacey about this. It seems very like swampy and kind of a it's more Americana. Like, exactly yeah. right, like Sam and Max. Yeah. Yeah. But E.T. has that Americana in it, too. There's a very small town feeling to it, you know. It does. But it's like, I think the E.T. comparison makes me think, oh, Water Baby's an alien. But it's not. Yeah, it's, no. it's, but it's like this it's, urban it's like, legend of from Earth. Right. Like, it's the like, swamp like legend. the jackalope or a Bigfoot yeah. or that kind of a thing. It's more or of an Americana. Thing, but like, are we, swamp are, Baby. Are we ever told or we do we ever learn why this didn't come to fruition? Okay, so... In this memoir, which, again, may or may not be embellished. Well, Coke Sam said, um, he, what did he say exactly? That Hang on one sec. It was too expensive. It was too exp- yeah, I'm thinking that it had to come down to budget because I'm thinking this is an animatronic. And then you've got the effect of the giant mommy. Sure, sure. And then I, th- I feel like all this water stuff would be very expensive. Based on... Sorry, so there's two things. One is that, yeah, Coke Sam says, I think it might have proven too expensive or they just went in another direction. But two, thinking about the water baby, what I'm picturing it as is the that baby squid from Men in Black that gets <laughs> that gets birthed on like the side yeah, of like yeah. the highway yeah, or whatever. Adorable. Well, because I was just thinking thinking about the expense of a water baby and the mom. I was like, oh, Kyoto Brothers, and then I was like, that'd be absolutely no, terrifying. Please, no, 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 not the Kyoto Brothers, but like some something like that where it's like. Like you get like a Chris Wallace or a Stan Winston, like those kind yeah. of folks to do something very like very cute, cute, hopefully yeah. cuter than E.T. who terrifies me. I've often said that there are two types of people that I've met, people <laughs> who think E.T. is adorable and people who think E.T. is terrifying. And you are of the terrifying yep. camp. Uh, what's What camp are you in, Dan? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Water Baby would be cuter than cute. It Water says. Baby is definitely cuter than E.T. Yeah. I'm, I don't find E.T. repulsive in any way. So I guess I'm in the... Former camp. Sure, sure. So what I'm thinking is that I feel like this is a puppet ruined situation because <laughs> we've got animatronics and a swamp. Sure. Oh, so yeah. it's like, oh, are we going to bring all these machines into a swamp? Yes. And like, I feel like that's asking for this is post for Jaws, expenses. Yeah. Where everyone yeah. on Jaws was like, this was a terrible situation. Yep. This is yep. the worst thing to ever film. Like, what's the, what's the never easiest do this way again. to break down our uh, our expensive props? Because if I was yeah. a producer, my first questions would be along those lines. Like, yeah. how, like how are we going to take an extremely expensive animatronic? I'm guessing we have one 
maybe two of these. Well, usually like, with this type of thing, there'd be, there'd, puppet there'd be a puppet There'd be a couple. There'd be like the hero one that's right. like fully articulated and then like some stunt ones and maybe like a rubber one that like, you know, Jim can just like run with where he's like yeah. trying to well, escape how, people. How are we doing this in water? The well, problem is with, is, the, right. is with the larger mom though. And then that has that's to a be, whole other problem. Sure. You can't have that many of those because judging by the drawing, it's huge. It's at least three times his height. Yeah. This seems like a script that um, in a pre-digital era is just too outlandish yeah. to yeah. execute on the budget that earnest films were executed. Yeah, I think it maybe could have been done, but they were just like, we can't give this a water baby kind of budget to Ernest. Right. Like, or <laughs> it's not, yeah. But yeah, according to John Cherry's memoir, they put the script down in front of Jeffrey Katzenberg and said, and I quote from the book, this is the best Ernest script there is or ever will be. Wow. I mean, judging from just the small part you read, it clearly is very fleshed out in his head. Yeah. Of what happens, and even the language in just the treatment is very good. I was engaged. Like the connection that the water baby apparently has to Ernest. Sure. Well, Ernest and pets. There's like a rich history of Ernest and like small, like uh, nonverbal creatures that he can, of course, monologue to. And I think some sort of like swamp baby is is also like right in that same uh, feeling. And he has two friends clearly who are on his side throughout this adventure. Yeah. Sure. Which is again kind of very camp because yeah. Linda could actually seems more like um, Nurse Saint Cloud, and the old man seems more like Nurse Saint Cloud's grandfather. Sure, so I'm feeling like those are kind of parallel characters. Yeah, and they probably are the ones who warmed him not to keep it. Now that I think about it, oh yeah, imagine the old man being like the uh, okay, yeah, 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 being like a, a, a airboat driver that Ernest maybe looked up to, but is a little kooky. The other yeah. people are just kind of keep away from like. He's a little crazy, but he knows the while. legend. Yeah. He's heard the legend. Or maybe he thought he's seen one at one point and everyone's yeah. like, you're just a crazy old man. We don't believe sure. you. Or it could even be like an old, like a gender swapped old lady Hackmore sort of yeah. performance. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm also, like, again, just thinking about the casting. I'm also like, you know, I, I kind of want to see Jackie Welch play a villain. Like that kind of sounds amazing. Oh. <laughs> Your face. Jackie Welch is a villain. Like that, like that sounds super cool to me. What if she was like Miss Manners, but she was evil, or Miss uh, uh, Miss, Mrs. Simon Simmons? Simon Simmons, Miss Manners, oh, Miss Simon Simmons, but like an evil version. She's like sure. obsessed with etiquette. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why she doesn't like Ernest. Sure, sure, because he's he doesn't use proper etiquette. Right. Um, we know that's something he's very concerned about too. It's important. So, um, what this memoir says here is that they put the script down, said this is the best Ernest script in the whole world, and Disney told them. We don't do dust movies. He says, huh? And they say, we don't do dust movies. Most people live on concrete, so we only do movies that take place on concrete or asphalt. Take your pick. Your water baby script does not take place on concrete. What? Now, here's what I think. Here's how I interpret that. I feel like that may not be what was said, but I feel like the reasoning they gave him felt like something equally trivial. Sure. The main takeaway I get from it is that he was very disappointed. Of course. That they didn't make Water Baby, and so am I. But I feel like that's not what was said, but it felt as trivial because they were so invested in this. Right, something equally like asinine in terms of a reason to not make this movie. Yeah, for them. It might have been a good reason, but it it just hurt so much that they couldn't make it. Sure, sure. To me, it sounds almost more literal than that, in that uh, a substitute water for dust, the idea like, the fact that it doesn't even take place on like a hard, solid surface- We'll make it tr- like because imagine right. doing that same kind of story in the desert. It would have the same sorts of problems. Yeah, where like we have giant mechanical things and lots of sand. Yeah, this isn't going to work out for us. Yeah, 
I feel like that is probably a lot of the because that would yeah. be my reasoning. But of I do, course, I would pitch that they gave the biggest budget ever to Ernest, but you know. Sure, sure. Well, that, but the idea of like, I think that is a good um, capturing of the absurdity of this potential turndown because, like, yeah. the the way that it's it's written in this memoir, which may or may not be truthful, um, like. <laughs> The way that dust movies is said, like, oh, that's like, like a thing we everyone knows, like dust movies, yeah, right? Dust right, movies. right? Like the classic, like we yes, all know that. Hollywood speak. But yeah, yeah, but that's Lawrence like Arabia. Yeah, classic dust yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> what, grapes of Wrath? Like I don't know, like the Dust Bowl. Like that's the only. That's, my mind is trying to make some sort of connection to this uh, absurd writing off of with like this name, but uh, yeah, that's real interesting. Yeah. So Water Baby is the greatest Ernest movie that was never made. Yeah. Ernest and the Water Baby. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, He's probably laughing because I look sad. I no, I uh, I was, but also I would love a book of like as much as I like that this John Cherry memoir exists. I would love a an art book of oh, all of the oh, all yeah. of the concept art that, and the art pitches. of Ernest. Yep, can that? Like Why is this not a thing? Anyone who's listening, if you have the ability to help me make this happen, I will happily curate this book because john cherry we've seen like he has sold a lot of his storyboards and concept art before yep a book would a book of all of that would be amazing i have a sketch from dr otto of dr otto's lab that was drawn by john cherry like his concept art and it's beautiful yeah yeah talk to me people let's let's make that happen and like it's probably just all there yeah it it exists we know it exists yeah yeah oh why is that Call me. Call me. Send an Please. email. Ernest goes to podcast at paganomation.com is an email address that you can use to help me make that happen. That would be great. Yeah. Imagine how much concept art there is about all these unmade Ernests. Uh, that's He's exactly what I, that's exactly why I'm pitching Ernest, this book. Yeah. Um Ernest Batman. The, what was it? The Bold the Voodoo, Crusader? Ernest Zombie. Yeah. I love the the simple vagueness of the phrase bold crusader. Like yeah. it's just, just it's, there's it's nothing there, but it's like, oh, I know what that is. It almost yeah. sounds like a placeholder term for like eventually that we're gonna replace it with a superhero name. Like, yeah, we can't use the superhero name. Right. The Bold Crusader does feel very it sounds old like a, fashioned. Like a timely comics kind it of does, thing yeah. that got bought by DC. <laughs> he wears like a domino mask. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Yep, yep. Again, very like mid-century, like yeah, pulpy. Yep, yep. All right. Well, that is all of the earnest movies that mm-hmm. were never made, but had some sort of. Uh, as little pre-production as could happen on a movie. That we know of. So That's right, that's right. If you know of any more that definitely were discussed by the Ernest Brain Trust, let us know. Yeah, yeah. Or if you know of any that were made into different movies. Oh, yeah. yeah that's by the, the, the Rocket Man. Or I, any you suspect. I feel like I have to watch Rocket Man movies. now and just see what the heck <gasps> that movie is. Because I'm, I feel like it's either going to be something totally different or it's going to be like watching uh, Be Kind Rewind again, where I'm like, I'm just picturing Ernest in this lead role. The idea of there being in some way more Ernest movies we haven't seen. Sure. Fills me with hope. Sure. And weird feelings. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So what's next? Just a little bit here. There is a, a start of a chapter in John Cherry's book. Where he's just listing potential earnest movie titles. Like, it's just a, a chapter kind of r- about Rapid him. fire? Yeah, that's just how the chapter starts. So he's just off the top of his head. He's you thinking. You want to do a thing where me and Dave decide whether we green light these movies or not with like a thumbs up or yeah, thumbs up? Oh, sure, I like okay. this. I like this. There's only a few. Okay. Ernest goes to Washington. Yes. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> Ernest and the Voodoo King, we know. Yeah, I'll do it. Ernest goes fishing. <laughs> oh. Let's go fishing, Pop. Let's go fishing, Pop. <laughs> I'm going to say no to that one. 
I mean, it's, it feels like Ernest the Bellhop. Like, it's like there's not enough there yeah, yet. Yeah, haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Ernest Superhero. That's kind of bold yeah. crusader. So, yeah, yeah I'm greenlighting yeah, okay. it. I'm greenlighting it. Ernest Pizza Delivery. No. Again, no, that's these see these are not these are not movies yet. This is they, why the, these are just titles. Concepts, aspects, yeah. premises. Ernest goes to Manhattan. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If it's anything like Muppets take Manhattan, uh, I'm all for it. As long as it skews more towards Muppets and less towards Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Ernest paints the town. Is that that's just the same movie. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh Ernest all right. I feel a little weird saying this. I apologize. If anyone has a problem with this, Ernest Redneck Love. You know, I was literally, as you were r- reading these, I was like, why, like, Ernest in Love might as well just be a movie title. Ernest in Love. Like, like the similar to what I originally thought the title of our episode was. Yeah, we, I wouldn't call it that. Yeah. I would call it Ernest in Love. I could, I could similar to Shakespeare. Shakespeare, yeah. alert. <laughs> no, 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 Shakespeare alert. Shakespeare uh, alert. Yeah. Oh, uh, Ernest Shipwrecked. Sure. I mean, that might as well be Pirate. Yeah, that's the Pirate yeah. one, essentially. Yeah. All right, and uh, it is time for our pitches. Yes. Okay. Okay, so uh, I think maybe just give a little bit of uh, explanation of what this is going to be. All right, so basically uh, we agreed to all kind of brainstorm on our own a pitch that we would give for our Ernest movie. Yes. So we all have one prepared at least. Yes. Dan might have a couple. I have three. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) One is... is very rough. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now we we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, and I think what this is going to be is we'll all pitch our movies, and then we can sort of help each other kind of workshop the yeah, fill the, in the, blanks, the finer right? details and sort of like bounce off each other in a really uh, fun way. I think I'm hoping that this does not turn into the uh, three, two, one nurse aid cloud situation where we all have the same <laughs> no pitch. No way! I'm as, almost certain impossible. we will. <laughs> Oh as, as fond as I am of that that moment in our podcast's history, and it is one of my favorites, I'm just like, I'd, I'd really like to hear a bunch of interesting, different pitches. Um, uh, so how do you want to do this? Well, actually, I thought we should start by mentioning things we have already proposed sure. in oh, previous yes. episodes. So yep. we've talked about Secret Agent Ernest. We have. Secret Agent Ernest. I'm like anxiously looking at my list to see what I have to erase. If sure. You say one of <laughs> well, you know, I've I've been um I've been revisiting some of our old episodes and some old Ernest content that we've already seen. Um, there are James Bond references in Ernest Rides Again, where he mm-hmm. talks about you know, he makes like a Diamonds Are Forever reference and that kind of a thing. There's also a episode of I think it's Haver and its movies. Yes. Where Ernest tells Earl he wants to look like a secret agent. Yeah, uh, Earl, I'm going to be in my own movie, so I need to look like a clean-cut uh, stuntman. All right. No, no, a secret agent. Okay. Well, no, a, a Wall Street tycoon. <laughs> um, but so, like, in the past, I've been like, oh, where did the secret agent idea come from? It didn't come out of a vacuum. And so to go back and revisit some of this stuff, it's like, oh, okay, there, the bits yeah. and pieces are there, and no. it, it's it's not from nowhere. No, we were definitely inspired by, let's, let's just make this a movie, Secret Agent Ernest. Yep, you know? um, the contraptions, when we talked about James Bond as an analog. Yep, yep. yep. Dan, any thoughts on Secret Agent Ernest? I know you have like We've five We've already discussed pitches. it previously, so I don't want to get too far into Sure, sure, sure. I have something similar to that idea, but I do like the idea of a, of a Secret Agent Ernest. Sure, Okay, sure. and honestly, I can't remember anything else that we talked well, about. We talked about Timothy Dalton potentially playing his brother. Yeah, or dad. Or dad. Because I was thinking he was a secret agent dad. Right, right, right. Ernest well, goes to Manhattan. I think actually we did mention previously, or Ernest goes to New York is what we wanted. Yes. Oh, and then also I had um, on our last extra brought up this idea of Ernest's family reunion. And I, right. I, I won't say too much more about that, but that was sort of my concept for 
what would be the way that you get from the Jim Varney era into the post Jim Varney era? How do you continue Ernest's legacy? And so it would be this kind of like, um, Dan, have you seen the Muppets celebrate Jim Henson? Yes. It's like that, that special where they sort of like shepherd in Steve Whitmire's yeah, Kermit yeah, yeah. as like the continuation mm-hmm. of this character. So we talked about this idea of like having an Ernest movie that was like that, where these other Ernest analogs or members of the Worrell family mm-hmm. all kind of come together to celebrate and perpetuate this character's legacy. Um, okay. And that was that was the pitch that I gave last time as the Ernest the, family reunion. The lead into this episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's cute. I would worry about it being somber because it, the Muppet and one gets absolutely that would be absolutely the, the line to ride. And that's that's yeah. a tough line to ride. Sure. I mean, the only thing other thing I'll say about that is like all of Ernest's family members show up and then the race is on. <laughs> <laughs> to what? <laughs> I don't know. Oh man. To to get to the That's the new the cabin they rented. The same <laughs> <script>. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Oh, it could be like it could be like um it's a mad 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 world where Ernest has a secret like stash of cash and his whole family comes back sure a cash stash sure okay. the old cash or Ernest stash. wins the lottery which could be another yeah just thought of it all right but yes yeah, so let's from from there are there any other ones that we've talked about previously that are worth there, mentioning? i'm sure there are but i can't remember all, all right well let's get into our, our new pitches all the, right the, the... so who wants to go first i actually thought it would be you me and dan because i felt like you would have the least and dan would have the most um that's fair i don't know what that says about me but i'll take it i mean i like a lot of the the ideas that we've already discussed, like the things that almost came to pass. And I feel like th- there's a lot of overlap between my interests in filmmaking and some mm-hmm. of these. And even and with you the... did already have the family reunion thing. So I, I did. That might be yours. Well, I, we talked about it a little bit and I didn't want to have one. I wanted to come up with one that was Jim Varney. I sure. didn't want to just have this sort of like torch passing thing because I, I want to think about like, oh, what would Jim Varney be? be interesting to okay. see so sh- so should i start yeah Is that let's what's happening? go okay so i want to hear your pitch and I'm, I'm again i'm really hoping that this is not a uh, an overlap situation i don't have a good title and maybe you guys can help me come up with oh, one no worries yeah but my working title is uh ernest p noir l <laughs> guys this, this is literally my first idea what? What? <laughs> not that same title but something that no. same idea <laughs> All right. Well, I will. I will read my description, and then maybe you can you can jump in. I don't want to like step on toes, but you do have uh, two others. I do have two. Don't worry about okay, it. Okay, okay. I got it. Noir. <laughs> please. So, okay. Continue. So, please. Yes. Yeah, so Ernest Ernest P. Noirel. Ernest is the night janitor at a private eye detective agency. He's the noir janitor. He's yeah, and he really wants to be a full fledged detective. This would obviously all be shot in black and white. Uh, oh. One night he's cleaning the office when a woman comes in in tears. Uh, bec- because that's when women show up at private investigative of the night. O- office. Yep. yep. And she mistakes Ernest for being the main detective. Because he's this, trying on the at hat. This agency. Yep. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So uh, she wants him to find her missing fiance, Vern. Whoa. Oh, oh wow. You, I didn't even think to bring Vern in. Yep. Yep. So Ernest realizes this is his big chance to prove himself and takes the case. And then he has to travel through the seedy underbelly of like a 1940s kind of city, uh, San Francisco, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, and interrogates a bunch of weird characters and discovers the truth behind Vern's disappearance. Um, and then my my sort of notes on this are just thinking about like who from the Ernest Company players. Erin is like grasping her, I'm just her forehead right now. Uh, so thinking about the Ernest Company players, I was like, OK, well, Dan Butler 
obviously some sort of bartender somewhere that he has Great. to go and talk to. Love just it. like just cleaning glasses, and <laughs> maybe has a French accent. Who who can say? Uh, Bruce Arnson is a piano player in, in like a, like Done, a, a shady, smoky bar. <laughs> Not only is it in the movie, but it it's is definitely, definitely in, in the movie. movie. <laughs> Done. Next. Uh, Chuck and Bobby is mobsters. Oh, oh my like God. Pin- Bobby is the mobster that doesn't talk. Yep, yep. And his name is like Fingers or something. <laughs> like, <No>. Bobby Fingers. <laughs> I'm Spud. This is Fingers. <laughs> I was thinking like uh, like uh, the Simpsons, like Johnny Tightlips, where they get you? I ain't saying nothing. Um, Let me tell your mom, tell her to go suck a lemon. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> uh, and then um, I thought uh, Vern's fiance, the 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 mysterious woman, the, the, femme, the, the yes, the femme fatale, the, the the dame that enters the office, the dame, uh, could either be uh, Jackie Welch, uh, Linda Cash, or this is my 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 top pick, Stevie Valance. Oh yes, please. Yep, yep. Maybe she has a boa still. I, I would love <laughs> it. Yes. I mean, don't change her costume at all. No, it's just black and white. Yep, she uh, looks great. Wow. So, so that's that's my pitch. I'm a big fan. So I had a, I had a similar idea. Okay. But my framing yeah, was, was different. Um, oh yeah. I don't know if I should just go into yeah, it. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Please, well. okay. please, yeah. So the idea with mine was the name was just working title was Ernest goes to Hollywood. Okay. The idea being that Ernest is the janitor of some kind at a Hollywood studio. And gets tricked into being in a fake film oh, as a detective. Interesting, because he has Whoa. dreams of being an actor. So okay, they, so, this, so there's, there's, goes into this. So yeah. there's a fake film going on that that a nefarious group is using to smuggle in something or use sure. as, a, as a tax shelter, something like that. And he breaks this this like a scheme oh. through his own while the while thinking he's in a movie playing a right. Sam Spade like character. Interesting. You know what this is kind of okay. reminding me of? It's basically. Have Ernest replace Roger Rabbit? Like it's it's that kind of like. Well, yeah, that's what it, I. It's, but it's, that's it's, my go to reference for noir. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like when I think noir, I think Roger oh, Rabbit because that's me. See, actually, um, I didn't even think about Roger Rabbit at all until just now. Um, what I was inspired by was uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation and the holodeck because okay. there's so oh, many right. of those those the Dixon noir Hill episode. noir episodes. Gotcha. And like even like um. The way that like data is obsessed with uh, Sherlock Holmes, like that—that's the, the holodeck feels earnesty to me in the sense that it's a plot device yes. that gets the main characters that you're familiar with into these other character types and it's and, different genres and it's very much genre jumping. Yes, yep. yes, that's what I thought—the genre jumping. Because we, when we spoke about uh, Africa and we spoke about a lot of the other films, there was a lens that we could look at them as different genre. Correct. Yes. Correct. As opposed to different, just different films, you could look at them as each indicative of a genre type. So I thought, well, the only genre that I can think of, there's a handful that he hasn't done, but like noir is one that mm-hmm. he hasn't t- that that hasn't been touched by the Ernest group at all. No, and oh, oh, and all the times he does a Humphrey Bogart impression in jail, he does a really good one. Yeah, he does one in Slam Dunk. Play Ernest. it, Sam. Of all the gin joints and all the cities and all the world, you've got to waltz into my place and shoot my brother. Play it, Sam. Piano will cover up the shot. <laughs> so he's uh, clearly aching to do something like that. Yeah, so that, that's yeah. one of the reasons is why I chose to have him be an actor is yes. for that particular. I, I, I want that. him to be, He'll really do the voice because I want everything. him to come in and out of it. Sure, sure. Oh. So when he's like when he's on set, quote unquote set, he'll yep, yep. he'll put that same space. So on. all the movie segments that we saw would be black and white, and then you would go back to color. And you'd go for back. The... I don't know how it would work. I mean, well, I think listen, so... this is something for a DP to design. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, we're both DP. Hey. Ah. Uh. <laughs> no, I think I think the way you could pull it off is take a page from Scared Stupid, and it's like for the audience benefit. Whenever right. he's 
thinking of himself as this character just snap it's right into black, black and, and white. white. Oh, By yeah. the way, isn't there a Family Matters episode that does this with Steve Urkel? <laughs> That's possible. I wouldn't be I surprised. Feel like there definitely is. I was going to say there's a Pretty Little Liars noir episode. <laughs> There's a lot of noir takes in a lot of other fiction where they yeah. take a moment to just kind of do a little noir thing. Like I immediately think of like Calvin and Hobbes. Sure. And Calvin has an alter ego that's a noir detective. Sure. Okay. I think there's a Muppet Babies episode that's a noir Must film. Must be. Yeah. Yeah. The noir take yep. is a thing and would have worked perfectly for Ernest. I didn't even think of it. Yep. And I have, that was my main pitch, but sure. I have, in the same way as uh, our beloved uh, John R. Cherry, I have some vague concepts that we can sort of quickly workshop at the end that are i literally just like wrote down in the same way that dan was just describing just like what are the genres we haven't hit okay so so we'll come back to noir sort of a little bit later but you guys please i want to i want to hear what what y'all have i'll go next because i just have the one okay i feel like you have got it i have two but one is not very good (laughs) okay well coming off that the idea of Ernest wanting to be an actor so my movie has Ernest finally pursuing fully that dream that he always seems to have, but never seems to admit to himself, and that's to be an actor. This is, I don't know why this, I thought this would be surprising, but it's, of course you did this. <laughs> please, <laughs> please continue. So this is actually inspired by, or at least I took the title from, an idea by Guaranteed Videos YouTube video podcast, Ernest Roulette. Ah. Okay, so we've mentioned Ernest Roulette before. This was discussed on their show. This title grabbed me by the heart, and I'm running with it. Ernest goes to Broadway. Ah, yes. Okay. This is also where we get the musical. So <laughs> There you go. So we have songs. So my treatment is that Ernest, a struggling actor from the South, I don't know, somewhere from in there. Deacon County, Ohio. He arrives in Broadway looking for his best shot. Hamilton reference. We can finally <laughs> have a scene. This is something I have. We can finally have a scene where he presents his resume. Yes. And does an insane audition with every random conceivable skill you can think of. It will include knife throwing and eefing. Yeah. <laughs> the, old, the old Appalachian beatboxing. <laughs> he just throws everything into this audition. That's incredible. Like, all the skills I Leaves have. Leaves it all on the stage. Yep. We'll, we'll finally get the- He uh, does a ton of accents. We'll finally get the Puerto Rican accent. Uh, oh, and I also wrote that I am casting at least two Puerto Ricans. Mm. So, because if we don't do it, who's gonna? So, I'm getting my Puerto Ricans in there. Raul Julia and Rita Moreno will both be in this movie. That's one thing. Okay. So, he ends up in a musical version of some Shakespearean play- of which there are a few musical sure, sure. Shakespearean plays like Kiss Me Kate for one, technically The Lion King. Mm. This one will be Macbeth the Musical, but there's already a Macbeth the Musical. So mine would be the Scottish play, The Musical. Okay. <laughs> I will explain why soon. So my notes here say Ernest gets the lead and he puts on a Scottish accent for the part. Sure. <laughs> because okay. I said... This could have, I kind of your idea about like the movie being like a, a tax a front thing. for something else. Because I said this could have a little bit of the producers in it maybe mm. where they cast Ernest because they want it to be bad, but then they underestimate him. Springtime for Vern. So, yeah, <laughs> that, that may be overcomplicated. <laughs> maybe not. I'm just saying if we need that. Sure, sure. Yeah. That we have that. I have the cast is a group of ethnically diverse misfits because New York City. Sure. There are Puerto Ricans because Wepa Puerto Rico. Everyone is writing and adding to the musical as they go. Cool. One of these people is Renee. I say we reuse her in this movie as a rival for Ernest. 
Interesting. She competes with him for lines and stage time, and it's kind of a romantic comedy situation again. I'm picturing what's that uh, John Travolta movie, uh, Staying Alive, where there's like a weird like Broadway dance rivalry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. might have seen that, and it's, I don't remember anything not, about I, it. I think we watched it together, and it's not great. <laughs> Well, because so the big conflict in this movie, besides the smaller conflicts between Ernest and Renee, sure, which is causing problems, the big conflict stems from the superstition in theater that saying the name of the play Macbeth will bring on some kind of misfortune, like a curse. Sure. So there's a superstition in theater for those who don't know that you you, you if you say Macbeth, it's bad luck. So you should refer to it as the Scottish play, which is why this is the Scottish play, the musical. Okay. But Ernest doesn't know this, so he repeatedly <laughs> refers to the play as Macbeth, and horrible things keep happening, and <laughs> Ernest gets all the blame. Like this. <laughs> but it turns out there's someone who you would never suspect that is sabotaging the play, so there's a little Phantom of the Opera here, too. Ah. I just wrote, maybe a rat guy <laughs> who lives under the theater. That part is underdeveloped. <laughs> well, I'm just picturing, uh, again, another person taken too soon, uh... Mark Ritz from Beekman's World, <laughs> a, a literal rat <laughs> guy, literal, literal, rat a literal rat too. man. I mean, he uh, he's got a Brooklyn accent, so <laughs> okay, yep, yeah, he, he's definitely in the movie. Okay, so yeah, and that's what I've got. I got the play is not super well received, but Ernest is recognized as a highlight. Sure, and Renee too. They get good reviews, and they agree to collaborate in the future. Yay! They have a grudging respect. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I like so, this. Yeah. So that's my thing. And of course, this will be a musical, so Ernest will sing. And every time he does Macbeth, it's in a Scottish accent, but nobody else puts on a Scottish well, now accent. Now I'm just like thinking about your uh, subtle Hamilton reference. I'm thinking like, I want Bruce Arnson and Lin-Manuel Miranda to team up. Like, Is, that just so sounds like insanity it, waiting to happen. <laughs> If this was made nowadays, a Lin-Manuel cameo would probably happen. Sure. I'm thinking this is the at, 90s at, at where minimum. he's like 12. Oh. So, like, <laughs> he's just thinking about in the heist. And like, Raul Julia is still alive. Okay. So, oh, oh yeah, because it would happen now. Gone yeah. too sure, soon. Sure, sure, sure. All yeah, the greats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what I, my question for you was, do you see the music parts of this as only happening in the musical within the movie? Or is the movie itself a musical that also has a musical taking place in it? I really... I love musicals, but I think to make this palatable to our earnest audience, the songs will take place inside the musical, but they will happen so often that it might as well. Or maybe there are some songs that Ernest sings like as rehearsal, quote unquote, but also that. apply yep. to what's going on in his real life. Sure. So he can yeah. sing them sadly in his dressing room or whatever. Sure, sure. So like you get the best of <laughs> both worlds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean, gee, gee I'm glad it's raining. Yeah. Well, I really Sorry, like- Tears in the rain. I really, we'll get there. <laughs> I like the idea of fake musicals. Like, you know that fake musical based on A Tale of Two Cities and like A Simple Wish? No. No. I've never seen A Simple Wish. Okay. So there's a like a subplot of like Mara Wilson's father is trying to be in a musical and getting cast in this musical based on A Tale of Two Cities. And he sings this song like, tis a far, far better thing that I do. Mm-hmm. I like that song. And it's from a fake musical. Sure. So I like the idea of all these songs existing. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I like it. I like the idea of it. And I like the idea of small town Ernest becoming like front and center. Yeah. Just he's a, finally doing the ordinary thing. schmo. Yeah. Like he's finally doing it. He's like, I'm I'm doing it. Wait, wait, wait. Could could the Phantom of the uh Broadway Theater be Todd Lafsky? <laughs> <laughs> Pause while, while we all uh oh, mouth it good <laughs> skeptically. Uh, cool. 
That's my idea. I like it. I like it's it. It's so fleshed out. So, that, sorry. Well, yeah. So what was that called? Ernest goes, goes to, to Broadway. Goes to Broadway. Or even, or even Ernest, Ernest on Broadway. Or could, could it probably work. ends up off Broadway. But, you know. Sure. Ernest near <laughs> A Broadway. A little off drops into the title. Yeah. And it's like in handwritten font. <laughs> oh, that's that's fun. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's like the play that yeah. goes wrong. It just yeah. falls apart. I really want to see that. Yeah. That's my... All right. So I have... I guess I should start off with the worst of the two because it's not really much into it. My thinking with this one is very... Not very fleshed out, but my thinking was we have yet to see Ernest in like a fantasy world. Okay. Like really high fantasy, elves, all that stuff. Like Oh, right? wow. Okay. All right. All right. But I but then I was thinking that might be too much. So my idea was to bring it back in that there's this high fantasy world that's happening in the background behind Ernest's life. Ernest wants to take part in that, but he's mm. just a lowly farmer of some kind. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, so, so there's he, some fantastical thing going on, but Ernest isn't really a part of it. He, it's almost as if Lord of the Rings is happening, right? But you're following a guy who's just like growing potatoes. Sure. So sure. Lord of the Rings is having the back all the big battles and everything. Yeah. And he wants to be part of that. Yeah. That's pretty much as far as I got with this. Sure. <laughs> okay. no, it's, it's almost like the following uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yes, exactly. While, while like Hamlet's happening. So yeah. my thinking was, was something happens where he gets cursed for some reason and gets brought into that world. Ah. Sure. Oh. Okay. My initial thought was was maybe it might be too physical and that he becomes a giant or something. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> a giant artist. But then it then that sort of like ruins his. I think that ruins a lot of his. I don't know his charm. Sure. It becomes almost. Like, I don't know, unruly. But I was thinking uh, something where, where that happens, where he exists. Because I, I would like to see him in that kind of world. It seems he's already so cartoonish. Right. Mm. To see him in a world that's already, that, that's also like. Kind of heightened. Yeah, yeah. I would like to see how that how that would play out. It's almost like, it, it almost feels more like a thought experiment of like, what what would that look like? Sure. Well, I mean, this whole yeah. thing is a thought experiment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the what if as like a film concept construction device. Now I was thinking, so is this also in the past then? I mean, like, it can it take place in some kind. Of, yeah, I mean, it would have. It wouldn't. Some kind of there wouldn't be like cell phones. Once, anything, once you know? upon right. a time, I'm saying, with Ernest is, is Ernest <laughs> wearing like a fantasy like a fantasy version of his denim jacket? <laughs> yeah, of his. Yeah, uh, like I mean, it's not denim. Denim but... is timeless, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what would be funnier. Hilariously it, adapted. I'm thinking. Well, that's that's what I'm like. Is, is it funnier to have a, a adapted wardrobe, or is it funnier to just have his normal clothes that he's constantly wearing in like this? Like, I is is the dissonance? I think it has to be adapted, but okay. like, but so clearly the earnest costume that sure. it's funny. Yeah. See, I would love, I would love it for me all adapted except the hat is just the normal hat. <laughs> sure, that's that. Maybe that's, that's the compromise. Great. That's the compromise. That's great. Yeah. Now yeah. we now we know it's earnest. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, I mean, that's pretty much all I have. That's with great. That. It's not. We have to title much. that. But the one I have that's a slightly uh, more fleshed out. The uh, the title right now, just the working title, is Ernest in Time. Mm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So the idea that's right awesome. now is Ernest. Is again a lowly blue collar job, n- nondescript. He's in a town much like Ernest Scare Stupid, where the townsfolk know of the Ernest family. Sure. But sure. the difference in this is that Ernest believes in this family tradition that he's been told, these stories has been told of like that he comes from some kind of like royalty. But everyone's like, oh. no, you're just crazy. That couldn't possibly exist. No one, everyone just laughs this off. This couldn't possibly be true. He's friends with an inventor of some kind. Okay, great. Who a Doc Brown type? I was just who is say. equally like kooky and cast off from sure from society. Okay, who's building a time machine? Can't get it to work. Ernest sneaks in at night or something. Does something to to trigger this time machine to work. Gets shot back in time and meets the 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 person the ancestor he's, the ancestor who's supposed ah. to be this like wow. grand warrior. The difference is this ancestor is not a warrior yet. He's some lowly. 
Okay. Listen, so now Ernest. Okay. The re- mostly the reason I want to do this is because I wanted a dual role for sure. Jim Barney. Yeah. So now you are correct. Now there's two Ernest. There's yes. present Ernest and past Ernest. Present Ernest has to help past Ernest achieve that greatness in the past. Sure. Does so somehow. I don't. These are all not really fleshed yeah, out. There's ideas. a montage. Yeah. There's some kind of montage. Where you, there's some like the, the village he's in work. has some problem. Maybe there's a dragon attacking. There's an evil yeah. wizard. I don't know what it is. I could, some, I could see him using. Not, not to interrupt you, but I could see him using not modern conveniences, but using things that Ernest is good at in present day to like influence. Like I could see him with the yo-yo. Yeah. And like something about the yo-yo like he uses like that. to solve yeah. a problem or like defeat yeah. somebody. It would be something like that where he brings p- back with him the okay. solution to the problem in the vest that he never that he never knew was going to be the solution. Right. Obviously. Oh, I like it. Um, eventually, he brings past Ernest to greatness, helping him become achieving okay. his success. Yeah. And the inventor from the from the present saves Ernest, and now Ernest has to decide whether he wants to stay back mm. in time with his happy ancestor or go back. Sure. Sure. Right. Yeah. So it's, so from what I'm hearing, it's like a little bit Back to the Future. A little bit Terminator and a little bit uh, huh. uh, Army of Darkness. Yeah. Interesting. I'm on board for this. So there's a lot of that, you know, jumping back and forth. And then I, my other thought was whether when he goes back, does that solve the problem? Do people know who he is now? Or is yeah. it still just like, no, you're still crazy because he caused that story to be told. Sure. But no one, it doesn't, doesn't change anyone's mind. I was thinking, what if it turns out that Ernest was his own ancestor? Like they swap Whoa. places and the big, the warrior world people are talking about was Ernest after he went back to the past that was, and they the, just switch. That's interesting. I have alternatively, Ernest goes back and becomes King War. <laughs> Well, there is get, no past Ernest. They're just him, sure. and he becomes right. king. Well, and I'm thinking again, thinking about Army of Darkness. How that starts with Ash uh, Bruce Campbell as being like a store clerk, yeah. And then, spoiler at the alert: at the end, at the end, he goes back because hail to the king. Yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> hail to the king. Know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Credits. Yep, exactly right. <laughs> so yeah, that was that. That's the basic idea. I just thought again. We haven't seen a high sci-fi version of mm. Ernest yet. And it's sure. clearly it was in the zeitgeist because we have the talk of Ernest goes to space or sure. Ernest in space. Well, and and like even the water babies is sci-fi-ish in a sense. I, would say, I are, think we need to combine sci-fi with period to make it Ernest. Ernest Spaced Out isn't sci-fi per se. Like oh, yes, like yeah, there's nothing. Uh, like, like it could be. Like I'm not well, sure. I'm not sure how much of it is alien and how much of it is just Ernest goes to space and comes back. Like, well, yeah. they said in Martian he gets, he gets taken by UFO. Yeah, they do say also. that. But UFO doesn't necessarily mean aliens. That's it just means true. we don't know what it is. <laughs> the truth is out there, Vern. Mom, can I take the UFO out? <laughs> oh, we got to get Debbie Derryberry into some of these uh, oh, yeah, pitches, yeah, yeah. too. And, she and, could be like the, the guy at the shoeshine stand in the noir. Okay, okay, okay. I was also thinking that in the past, there would always be corollaries to the bullies and people he knows. Sure, <laughs> in current sure. Time. Just, sure. Like, oh, like Back okay. to the Future, obviously. Yes. Yep. Yep. There's a biff. There's a, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I like it. Hmm. I would like it to be that Ernest doesn't like accidentally figure out the time machine. Like he actually makes it work through intentional ingenuity. Mm. Or maybe there's a mix of it. I was gonna like... say he could be working on it, and then I feel like he's like eating a sandwich and just puts the sandwich in between like a laser. Yeah, it would be and that of, activates the machine. That. That's very honey. I shrunk the kids. Uh... Oh, does that? Oh, you're absolutely right. I wasn't even thinking about that. And another crazy old man Rick who Moranis. claims to be a scientist. Yeah, man, I love that movie. Uh, yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I think Ernest and Time. What if that was originally an Ernest movie? <laughs> You're, what are you doing to me? What are you oh, man. doing? <laughs> I mean, then the we would kids. get Ernest kids and Edna. 
Oh my goodness. Um, but no, I think I think Ernest in Time, I like that as a title, but I think it's too broad for that movie pitch. Yeah. But like I feel like Ernest in King Arthur's Court. I was digging get to what I was saying. <laughs> a denim vest in King Arthur's Court. <laughs> a warrow in King Arthur's Court. <laughs> a yeah. in King Arthur's Court. Yep. yep. Sorry. Guys. No, that's it's fine. As long as we get there, that's what's most important. Yeah, I didn't I couldn't come up with a clever punny title. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean I think Ernest in Time could be something i'm really stopping myself from singing the in time song from bill and ted's excellent adventure yeah ernest (laughs) (laughs) super imposing ernest oh man Uh, cool that's cool okay was that all of yours yeah because you talk you oh right right. i apologize apologize. yes Um, i like both snort but that's okay i think they could both exist sure ernest goes to hollywood and ernest noirell ernest p noirell yeah it rolls right off the tongue yeah it doesn't sound like marbles in the mouth at all i like it yeah you know the only other so i had uh, just like again thinking about the genre jumping i had like what i listed in my notes as just vague concepts so uh ernest in a, a police drama like I don't know, I don't know how okay. how we do that. Like I don't, know if, I don't know if he becomes uh-huh. a cop or he's like the rookie and or like he's the janitor at the police station. Moral PD. <laughs> Ooh, um, oh yeah, some, there's, some, there's something Moral? there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's there's something there. We can figure it out. But um, mm. but yeah, I was thinking about this officer is a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of ties into I think the reason I I rejected this because because the detective concept was more evocative it's, to me. I yeah, could, I could yeah, see yeah. it more yeah. oh, as opposed to just this. But both both could be kind well, of like about ever, solving crimes and whatnot. He doesn't seem interested in police. Like I've never seen him express an interest in it. But I feel like he's super interested in noir because it's old Hollywood. The closest he got was in military where he wanted to be in right the, right. Sure. I feel like he's more military he, than police. He, but maybe he just wants to drive police cars. <laughs> yeah, I just want to drive. Ca- I just want to turn on the siren, Vern. Yeah. <laughs> He's a cab driver who like eyes the police car. Like, oh, oh. Um, one day. Uh, another one that I don't know how we get to this, but another vague concept I have was just uh, Doctor Ernest M.D. <sighs> And I don't know what it, I don't know what it is, but just like I'm the, just picturing like Mr. Bean when he like pulls an M M&M and M out of. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like the idea of someone waking up from surgery and seeing Ernest standing thing, over yeah. them is is it's like very commercial. funny to me. Yeah, like, yeah. Or oh, exactly right, exactly. The, yeah, right. it's the yeah. commercial of Ernest in the hospital, and he's like he's yeah. leaning on the cast. Exactly. Yes. Um, and then and then going back to. Uh, Dan's uh, tears in the rain, Miss um, Miss Nomer. <laughs> I was thinking cyberpunk Ernest, but I don't, I don't know, Whoa. I don't know what you do. I didn't have any. You're thinking about Max Headroom, I feel. Or like... Well, no, I was thinking about Blade noir. Runner. I was thinking about noir again. Oh, I was thinking about sex. Blade Runner. Um, oh, okay, 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 okay. And these are all kind of related, like the cop, like Blade Runner. But he's is, investigating is something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some sort of mystery, and I like. I really just want to see him taking the test. You see a turtle? Uh, sure. <laughs> Pokey. <laughs> And then, and then the thing that sets him off is that they ask him about his father. I'll oh. tell you about my father. Uh, yeah, no. So those are my those are my vague concepts. I think those are akin to those those pitches we had where it was like Ernest as bellhop. But it's but yeah. it's under the opposite Ernest end of that where where we figured out Ernest as bellhop figures out his job but not the story. This figures out the story but not how he fits in it. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So I don't know. We, I mean, given enough time, we could probably figure out a way to fit Ernest into those stories. Sure. 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 Hmm. Has this discussion brought up any new ideas for you guys of other ideas? That's what I'm thinking of right now. Like maybe like an Olympic Ernest? Sport Ernest? I mean, there was a, <laughs> there was a, like a uh, slam dunk Ernest is pretty much. Sport is yes. pretty much. That was a slow burn on that one. <laughs> so uh, it's yeah, sport, sport uh, goofy references. Like, Hiya, fellas. The name's Sport Goofy, and I'm going to be your new coach. <laughs> yeah.
the the timeline feels wrong on this, but some sort of video game movie with Ernest. I don't, I don't know. Like was, sucked into a video game, like Ernest Tron. Nice to meet you, Tron. Well, I'm Goofy. I could be game for that. <laughs> Ernest I'm down Tron. for that. I'm Ernest. I'm down for Ernest Tron. <laughs> He's like, whoa, I'm all lights or something. He's looking. <laughs> He's at just it. like crashing the He's light like, cycle. Yeah. No, I fixed it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, uh, the Ernest. Yeah. The Ernest character is so rife with possibility i think this might be stuff for the extra but yeah, we could yeah. think of like what other movies could we fit Ernest into in the way that disney was trying to help them here, here are some scripts what yeah. kind of movies or or the, even the way they thought about it with abbott and costello like what kind of sure. movie do we fit Ernest into yeah now we have to think about that mm-hmm. actually we do have a lot of listener ideas right for potential Ernest movies but we'll have to save that for the extra Yep, yep, yep. Mm, I mean, it's definitely maybe another spooky one. I was, I was, you know, I was thinking about another horror film, and mm. I, I was, I was trying to think of like what, what the twist was. What if Ernest was in Sleepy Hollow? Sure, he's the Ichabod Crane. That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, or I was thinking uh, a Prince and the Pauper type situation. Oh yeah, well, definitely. And that that kind of ties into your pitch too. Yeah. Oh yeah, playing two roles again. Yeah, yeah. I think I just generally like the idea of of him playing more than one role. Role, sure. Oh, yeah. sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What about? I mean, an Ernest meets Doctor Otto movie. Sure, like sure. a whole full blown crossover. I was thinking mm. like a long lost twin type thing. Maybe he mm. meets like twins. <laughs> oh, so maybe more like the Parent Trap kind of. Yeah, there you go. Okay. okay, okay, yeah. There's there's stuff here, but I definitely I definitely need to process. Yeah, everything we've, we've already been discussed. through a lot of potential. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Have we learned anything new about Ernest? Through this discussion specifically? I mean, I learned that I really want to see that Water Babies. <laughs> that sounds really fun. I mean, I, I, think more, I think it is nice. And it's telling to me that their favorite script that never got made was a very heartwarming one. Where sure. Ernest has a deep connection to a helpless creature. Sure, sure, sure. And he's like the, tries to be a caretaker of that helpless creature. Like that. I mean, I think one thing we could say is that Ernest Ernest movies we've discussed previously are in in some instances like a punchline, right? Like, oh, like Ernest goes somewhere cheap from The Simpsons or whatever. Mm. Um, and I think w- one thing we can take away from this discussion in terms of what have we learned is some of the perceived quality of Ernest films is definitely a, a, both a limitation of budget and also a limitation of what they were able to successfully pitch to a studio at that time. Right. Um, and that uh, I think the imaginations of the Ernest Brain Trust folks sort of in, in some instances like exceeded what was possible for movie making at the time. Yeah. And, and like something like Water Babies. Like that's an insane, crazy idea that like sounds wonderful, but just wasn't feasible. And I wonder like and I, the voodoo cave curse thing seems to be Ernest as a zombie. Sure, sure. Um I, I would love to see that binder with all of the pitches in it. I would still the art book we I need. would still love the art book and <laughs> would love to help curate that. Please hire me to do that. Um yeah, like there's definitely uh, oh, I'm trying to I'm trying to like crystallize my my thought here, but it's it's something more about how uh the perception of what an earnest movie is or can be or should be there's something more to it than just the nine movies that we have. There's something it, it extends beyond those in terms of possibility, I guess. I feel like I'm not 100% to my idea yet. It almost feels like the earnest mm-hmm. idea's reach extends its grasp. In the that, sense that's what that, I'm trying like, to say. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. is actually physically possible sure, for, yeah. these, for these ideas yeah. it, like, limits what kind of stories we've seen. Right. Whereas right. If, the, if the character was around today, perhaps we'd have even wilder, stranger stories. And sure. perhaps that's a benefit to being made 
that time because maybe now we'd we'd have we we'd go into space much sooner and sort of sure shoot ourselves in the foot with the maybe maybe we should be happy that it was made at a time where budgetary constraints were what they were. That's a great point. I mean, yeah. We've discussed before how budgetary constraints can actually improve sure. the movie or like force you to be more creative. And sure, them. sure. But honestly, Water Baby would have been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm thinking it's just very inter- it's very interesting what strikes us as an earnesty movie. Sure. Good intentions going wrong is a part of it. Yeah. Huge aspirations is a part of it. A love of antiquated. Sure. Movie. Period concepts. Yep, yep. There's often a very clear sort of hero's journey and sort of start yes. and end point. Yep, like a very like every a every man yeah. archetype kind of thing. Sure, you see a Reaching, lot of that. Realizing his potential. Uh, acting. <laughs> An extraordinary <laughs> man who doesn't know he's extraordinary yet, but has to be in that circumstance to realize it. Uh, yeah, yeah. All this is very thought provoking. But I, my thoughts haven't. Yeah, now yet. we now yeah. we have to process. Exactly right. As, <laughs> These have to bake. As as we often do. Yes. Also, Dad, if you do come up with anything, I'll text you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> so we're gonna digest this. Let it bake. We're gonna we're gonna digest it before it bakes. Yeah. Well, it's gonna bake in our t- our stomachs. I, I see. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's, like, it's more gonna like we're gonna it. give give birth to like some sort of water baby. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> not okay with just, this. <laughs> just take us out of here, Aaron, right. before I say anything else. After our next extra, in which we unpack the rest of this enormous box of potential, we will go to, I think, earnest and merchandising. Yeah. Mm. I like that. We're going to talk about some earnest stuff. Yes. We, we've, we've briefly touched on some things like the doll and the... Uh, product catalog that we reviewed that yeah, one time. Yeah, maybe we'll bring that all back. Yeah, but there's definitely other stuff that is out there and um, we need to find some of that stuff still. But... It will be the worst episode for an audio medium. <laughs> <laughs> so look forward to that. Pictures. Pictures on the Tumblr and the Facebook page where you Always can also follow us. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook and Tumblr and Twitter. Leave us a comment on any of the various social medias. Check us out on iTunes and rate and review us on iTunes. It helps people find the podcast. Share with your friends. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sticking with us. Thank you, Dan, yes. for adding. No, no, thanks for having me. Yeah, always a pleasure. Till next time. Take care, everybody. Bye, everyone. Viva la Barney! <laughs> <laughs>